previously on AFTN. Team of the tournament. Now, it could be the one that gave you the most feels, as the kids say, or whatever whatever criteria you want I, to I, go I, for. I still, even though they didn't even make the knockout stage, I loved Senegal the way they played. Oh, yeah. I yeah. like the way they played. If only they could have kept track of fair fair play points. I don't think they were concerned about it during the, third, during the games. Though. Yeah, I don't think that. It might next time round. Yeah. But... Belgium, Keep your shirts on. Belgium <laughs> just sneaks it from Senegal for me. Can I you think. imagine the rest? Yeah, they're they're going to have a fair play coach. <laughs> Assistant coach. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the AFTN Soccer Show, broadcasting on CITR Radio. Welcome to AFTN's Vancouver Whitecaps end of season episode. (laughs) I I jest, of course, that's going to be next week after we we lose to Montreal and Minnesota. Well, yes, you are listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. If you're listening to this show in the podcast, it is episode 285. I'm Michael McCall. I'm Steve Pander. And I'm Zachary Adam Eisenheimer. And we're surprisingly chipper considering how crap the Whitecaps have been this week. We're not going to start, as usual, though, with the the most recent game because there's been a little bit of Whitecaps news this week. Just a little. Just a little bit, yep. (laughs) Don't don't play it down. I think it's quite a big deal. Michael Baldessimo and Theo Bear (laughs) have signed homegrown contracts. It's great to have some young ones on the team. They are coming to the team. Can't to wait get... to see them in training. Isn't yes. Theo Bear like a pre-contract for next year? <laughs> Isn't Theo Bear a pre-contract for next year? Yeah, but he's, he's training at the moment. Well, that's wonderful. Yes. Speaking of people who are training with the team. Or with not, a, training, not with training with, team, with the team. With a team. Yes, because missing from Whitecaps training on Friday, which set all the, the buzz going, Alfonso Davies. I saw somewhere, somewhere, I don't know where someone posted this, that... that there were there were reports of uh, vehicles from a certain oh, country that at was, his house. That yes. was Martin Eggle. That was Bill's house. Yeah, his, the, his brother lives near the Anthony Alfonso Davies's uh, Bill's house. house, and he said there's German cars around. <laughs> there's there. never been so many German vehicles camped outside where since the annexation of Poland. I'd get a little bit concerned. I told you they don't take World Cup losses and first round exits gracefully. Oh man! But yes, Alfonso Davies, Alviderzain. Auf Wiedersehen. Auf Wiedersehen, Pet. Germany finally gets his revenge on Canada <laughs> yes. for World War II by taking Alfonso Davies. <laughs> he's going to Bayern Munich. Or or is he? Maybe his five will come in with a late bit. <laughs> I, I've put them on the radar. I'm hoping 
that we haven't seen the last of him in a white cap shirt. Nobody knows what's gonna gonna happen. Is he gonna be allowed to stay with the white caps for the rest of the year? Well, I'm sure he's got some freebies, white cap shirts. He'll wear them, you know, once in a while. <laughs> well, at least he hasn't appeared online posing in a Bayern Munich shirt <laughs> with just a yet. thumbs up. Yes. Oh man, it's exciting, isn't it? He's gonna go play play at a proper football club. It, it's it's well, you must be cock a hoop. Oh, I'm. I'm Did very, you have anything to do I'm with this? Uh, everything. Okay. I, I, <laughs> and by everything, I mean absolutely nothing. I, well, I know the sway you have. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, the sway. Do you think Basti put a, a good word in? After my probing <laughs> questions of him the last time? No, I don't think so. No? Uh. <laughs> what do you mean when he said to you, they said to you reporters like three times, I haven't seen him play. <laughs> yeah. Why, why are you asking me about this guy? Who is who? A, kid, a 17-year-old Canadian. <laughs> Didn't even know how old he was. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Alphonse Davies. If, if you've been living under a rock, it would appear that Alphonse Davies is going to Bayern Munich. Well, I was living under a rock because I was working on Friday when all this was breaking and whatever. Oh, same with me. I, I, I was... I, can't remember. I was I finished work, came back home, and then threw away my phone somewhere, and then um, didn't find it for like five six hours. Then I saw everything like going breaking out. Well, I got a I got a I got a voicemail from Matt from Mass, which that means it's serious. <laughs> that means it's serious. <laughs> <laughs> he, he actually dialed a number, <laughs> so I, I I called him back, and we were talking. There was a few things going on, and um, he's like, "Oh, have you heard what's been breaking with Alfonso tonight?" And I was like, "No, dude, I no, it's leg." You said. <laughs> And I said no, and then he started telling me everything and whatever that was going on. So then I got off the I got off the phone. I messaged someone. I messaged someone. I said, "Please." At Byron? No. Oh, no. Okay. I'm just asking. The only guy I know at Byron is like the supporter ultra liaison guy. Uh, he's awesome. But anyways, should we no. call him right now? <laughs> yeah. No. So I messaged someone. I was just like, "Is this is this real?" And they were like, "It's real and it's done." Yeah, it's a done deal. We can confirm that it's a done deal. Before we talk any more about it, though, let's hear what Robbo had to say after the, the Seattle game. Not a lot. There's going to be some comments that might be a little bit eye-opening to, to some people here, but let's just hear Robbo's thoughts on this whole Davis hullabaloo. Well, Alfonso's got uh, permission from the football club to um, take the weekend off. Uh, it was the same process on Wednesday night. Um, although people didn't know that and made assumptions that he was unable to play, which he wasn't, um, due to what's going on at the moment. So I think you'll read a little bit more news in the coming day or two, um, but obviously it's it's positive for him and us. Is he in Vancouver? Is he, he is, yeah. He's in Vancouver. Okay. So he's not in Seattle, because if he was, he would have been playing. And I think you saw we missed him. You know, all along we've said that when, you, when we threw him in as a 15-year-old, um, people said I was crazy that... You know, the potential that he had was phenomenal. And over the last two years, uh, people have said that, what are you doing and why aren't you playing him every minute of every game and why are you protecting him from the media and why are you not putting him on ESPN and, you know, why would you leave him out and things like that. And I said, listen, just be patient. You know, I've been there before. I know what works and what doesn't work. And maybe in the next day or so, you'll, you'll see. And you'll say, okay, right, maybe he does know what he's talking about. So Robo there on Davies. Are you surprised it's happened so soon? I mean, everyone thought nothing would really take place until the end of the season. We talked before about getting someone on a pre-contract to kind of nip all this in the bud. But are you surprised it's happened now? I, I think I think it's Davies' play on the field that's pushed it. I think people have seen him play more and more. And 
a lot of people joked around Aside that. Aside from Bastian Schweinsteiger. Yeah. Uh, 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 a lot of people joked that, oh, Wayne Rooney, he did that one goal against Wayne Rooney, and a lot of people were watching that because they were we oh, were they wanted okay. to watch Wayne Rooney on the pitch. Yeah. Uh, they tuned in for him, but then they saw Alfonso Davies' no, but, goal at the okay, end. Okay, but this is, not, this is not something that happens like... No, I know that. Overnight. I know yeah. people were jo- I said that's why I said people were joking that that's the reason why. But, but if that was to be his last appearance in a white what a, goal. Shirt, what a way yeah. to yeah. to sign off from a club. Yeah, just like Camilo winning the Golden Boot. Yeah. Hey, speaking of Camilo, I think uh, like yesterday was his thirtieth birthday. Happy birthday, Camilo! Hey, we might be able to afford him with all this money that we're <laughs> we're getting now. The latest rumors on the deal are twelve million. With a little bit of debate as to whether that's Canadian or American. I don't care as long as it's more than uh, Altidore's 10 million US. That's <laughs> all I care about. I think it would be Canadian considering <laughs> MLS uh, like does all their stuff in can- American money. Even the Whitecaps players pay mm, their players I, yeah, in America. I think America it's probably well. American. But apparently the Whitecaps want a $6 million bonus transfer fee, which I don't know if that involves Brian Envelopes or, or Paul, but yeah. yeah, bonus transfer fee with 15% of any future transfer fees... On top of that, is he worth that? Is that overpaying for a still to be developed in a few areas, seventeen-year-old? I, I don't know. Do there we care? Of, there, we are, all the money? there are a lot of seventeen to nineteen-year-olds being being bought at a high rate at this point. So, from the Bayern side of things, and this is my perspective. Perspective. This is not like from the German media or anything. But one of the things from uh, I, I see this for Bayern is they don't really want like. The price tag is not a big deal. This is not a lot of money for no, them. Considering so, normally they steal players when they're not out of contract. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, no offense. Go ahead. Sorry. Not like the Germans to be underhand. No. <laughs> What's wrong with you two? Um, <laughs> no. So their their last couple of uh, teenage purchases, or sorry, not their last couple. Two. The two. There's two that kind of stand out to me. Uh, that where they spent one, they spent around this amount. I think 10 million euros. They spent on a defender named Brazilian defender named Breno like a decade, decade and a half ago, and that went hor- horribly wrong, like really bad in, in multiple ways. We've I think talked about it on the show in the past. Um, the other, one, the more the more recent one, I think they spent like thirty five million euros on Renato Sanchez. You may remember the dreadlock Portuguese, Portuguese midfiel- guy, yeah. midfielder yeah, from yeah. the last Euro. I do um, remember him. Yeah, and so he he did not make the breakthrough. They sent him on loan to like Swansea. I couldn't and I can't that. remember. I don't know. I don't know if he's still on loan. I can't. Remember. I, I haven't seen him in preseason training. But he. Anyways, so they, 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 all that to say is that I think they don't want to get this wrong, right? Like yeah. they, I think they want to do this. They want to do this well, even though it's not a huge amount. Like so, I've talked to some people who you know follow Bundesliga really well, and they feel like he's probably not. Like it, it would be risky to throw him in into the Bundesliga. Even as a sub for Aaron Robin or Frank Ribery, you or see whatever. more playing in the B team and the fourth tier. I don't know. No, the amateur seems too low of a level. Yeah, because I think it's I think they're in the fourth league right now. Um, they go. They can go as high as I think the second league, but they, yeah. But they've been in the third lots and dropped down to the fourth. Maybe R- they can go as high as the Ronaldo third. Sanchez was at Swansea City last year, but he's returned to Bayern this year. Okay. Well, well I haven't, yeah, seen, I haven't he, seen him. He yet. knows Wales connection, but Robo, he might. No, get him no, at Swansea. No, but uh, <laughs> hopefully not. Uh, but no, so it's it's going to be really, really important that they get this that get they get this right because this is not the first time they brought in a player to replace Arian Robin because mm. that's essentially what they want. They want a left footed winger who will replace Robin. I think Robin's on a one year deal and he's old and he is uh, very breakable. Um, and so they they the, who do you guys know who the previous guy they brought in to replace Robin didn't work out? 
The person they brought in to replace Aaron Robin previously, who didn't fully make the breakthrough at Bayern, and is just signed for Liverpool, is uh, Shakiri. Uh, oh right! Oh, from the Swiss his hips don't lie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. let's let's move on. Roy says it's going to be news in a day or two. The time this podcast comes he said, out, he said might... twenty-four to forty-eight hours yeah, yesterday. So, so it, it might all be announced by the time yeah, folks yeah. listening to this. So we'll have more, obviously, on next week's show. And the preview guys will probably have yeah, something. Maybe even a little goodbye chat with Fonzie. Who knows what's going to happen? But it's exciting. But yeah, we've got to turn our attention now for the rest of this part to the Seattle game, which Why? we're just going to go through very quickly. Why? What's yeah. what's to talk about? Not going to go into this match at all. But quick thoughts on the overall performance. With the white caps, a lack of abysmal, effort. dreadful, just very, very disappointing. Debacle. It's more than disappointing at this. But last week was disappointing. This was just yeah, like you're, you're right. It was, it was, yeah. In one sense, because it was the Cascadia Cup game, it was a bit disgraceful. Were you happy with that starting eleven before the match kicked off? Because I thought that wasn't a bad starting eleven. It was a, sh- it, was uh, a sh- it was a shift to a four three three, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, a- it apparently, like it was, yeah. It but they they was changed. Hard to tell. But what times. they changed to four four two once Mosquito came on. The, the shape, just in general, was horrendous. At one point, Juarez was playing up top with Kamara. That might not have come across in the TV, but there was an attack, and it was Kamara yeah. and Juarez breaking. And it's like, okay, I think Juarez was also centre back at one point. It looked like yeah. there just seemed no shape. Reina was all that over guy's the pitch. Everywhere. And, yeah. <laughs> Reno was off too, definitely. To Chera, so many positions. Tachera was just early. like, yeah, oh boy. was not good. No. Like, I don't Kama- think he would have been playing, though, if Davies could have played. That's the thing. There was no way that Tachera would have been in the team. Well, the one thing about... Basically, basically, last week I said this team was inconsistent. I'm switching it to being it, it being very consistent. Yeah, they're consistently bad. bad. <laughs> yeah, consistently bad. So, uh, the, the, uh, with a spot of good once in a while, but... Well, uh, well going down early, Steve. It, it wasn't just a killer oh, on man. changing the game plan. I turned to the, the guys around me. I was sitting beside the Radio Cascadia guys and I said to them maybe we, we'll just pack up yeah. now that, that's it that's the game done yeah. I might just beat the traffic and get on the I, road I think the supporters need to start off with uh, um, we're going to need three goals a chant right off, bat, right off the bat right off the bat well before the game I was chatting to, to Jeff from Seattle Times and he he was like well, tell me a bit about the Whitecaps I mean, well basically we have to score three goals to win a match <laughs> and then after 20 minutes when we're two down I was wanting to seek him out saying see told you <laughs> Not going to happen, though. That was the Sounders' first clean sheet of the season. Yeah. That says a lot. Yeah, that is... There was is, a clear penalty uh, as well that, that Henry gave away. Unfor- it felt a little unfortunate. We had a shocking first 20 minutes or so, just in general. He had a the handball itself for giving the ball away and then trying to make up for the, it. The handball itself felt a little bit unfortunate. Obviously, his, can, his hand can't be up, up no. there, but... Just ridiculous. Um, I think he's paying tribute to somebody who passed away when he was, <laughs> but he forgot to do it after the play was over. He's paying tribute to the Whitecaps yeah. season, I think. <laughs> Does this open the door for Aha to come back in? No, I don't think so. I think he. Play, I think he started playing better as the game went on. Should we go to three at the back? Just go gung ho now. Should we go to five at the back to keep a clean sheet? Yeah, seems to seems to work for Minnesota. Yeah, but we'll come to them in a bit. Marinovic's howler. I so yeah, it looked. Ter- I think he, it looked I think terrible. Over guessed, over like guessed on where the shot was going. Someone in like front that. had their phone out, and was watching the replay on the replay. I thought you meant by the Whitecaps defenders because that would that would explain a lot. <laughs> yeah, no, and it looked like it looked like it got a deflection, but then I watched it yeah, again and from it, one of the angles. It looks like it hits off Kendall's shoulder. Yeah, 
This was a big debate in the press box for about 15 or 20 minutes. And one of the Seattle guys that was behind us said, I don't care. Are you guys going to keep talking about this for the rest of the game? It's a goal. Who cares? But yeah, Flounders don't care. Marinovic was like... It was dodgy. Was a bad one. It was dodgy. Yeah. He maybe didn't expect to swerve, I mean, but a world-class keeper was, should expect to swerve. It wasn't Evan Bush dodgy, but we'll talk about that later. Yeah, yeah we will. <laughs> then the White Caps nearly got a penalty when they first awarded it. Yeah, It would have been a bit unfair because we didn't deserve to get back in the game in any shape well, or form. And VAR, even though it wasn't quick, VAR did his job. Yeah, And, and Chad Marshall uh, approached the situation in an appropriate manner. Yeah, like a rugby player. Like, like just, like, talk, to just like, talk to the ref and let the... Let the and Showed him, this is where he hit ref. Yeah. Go watch, you'll see. Yeah, and yeah. it's second half Nothing, nothing to talk about at all. Oh, man. Juarez. We will come to Juarez in part two. Um, but it did... Like, we we were saying, it feels like Whitecaps will lose their, their temper at some point in the second half and get someone sent off. You said that? My money, the, yeah. Oh, my yeah. money was on Reyna. If he was my second choice. Yeah. But... Well, it looked like he, you know, like back in the day, I don't know if it was basketball players, you score a big basket and you do the, like the big chest bump. Yeah. <laughs> like that's what it looked like. Yeah. I thought maybe he knows pencil really well and he's just saying, hey. Yeah. The side on view is just oh, absolutely bad. shocking. Yeah. Just to, can we clarify about that? It was a yellow and a straight red, yes. right? Straight yeah, red yeah. for the bump. Yeah. But yeah, we'll hear a little bit from the coaches now. First of all, from Mr. Garrison from Seattle. Then we're going to hear from Robbo. The White Cats haven't put Robbo's audio up. Oh, yeah, on the I site. noticed that. There's a surprise. We've got all of it in different sections over the, the next couple of parts just to address different issues. So, in this part, we're just going to hear from him talking just about the match. So, let's hear now from Schmetzer and Robbo. Coach, it's your first shutout win of the year in league play. Um, at this point in the year, is there any, apart from the obvious benefit to your goal differential, is there any added psychological benefit to getting a result like that at home? I think the psychological uh, gain was just winning. I mean, the scoreline, yes, it's great. Steph deserves it. The defense plays well. Uh, all of that are minor. Uh, I think just getting the three points today was was the intention, and that's that's the positive. You got two wins and two draws in the last four games, and you start to build some momentum. So that's what was important. Brian, so many things haven't gone your way this season. Now today, Nico's shot goes in, the video review call goes your way, you play a man up. Is there a sense among the guys that maybe things are finally starting to possibly turn around a little bit and, uh, and go in your favor. Yeah, Mark, I always say I learned from a lot of my coaches, mentors, but one always comes to mind, Jimmy Gabriel. Um, he always said that your luck always balances off at the end of the year, so I'd much rather that statement actually come true. So let's let's hope it continues. But you also make your own luck. I think the guys went out there today and performed at a high level. You know, Vancouver's desperate for points. You know, they rested a lot of their guys in their midweek game, so they were prepared for the match. Um, the VAR, VAR call, that's exactly what it's intended for. Because Chad knew. You saw right away when it hit Chad, he was like, uh-uh, it hit me here. So if the ref calls that penalty, no VAR, you know, then they get a penalty, a chance to score. So VAR did its job. Um, as far as Nico's shots are concerned, 
you know, I can say against LAFC in the home opener, shot from distance, you know, the ball moves. Nico's ball was moving. So I wouldn't say that's luck. I would say that that's just a guy hitting the ball and it was able to move twice and it, and it caught uh, Marinovic by surprise. Coach, how did the Vancouver Whitecaps going down to 10 men uh, impact the game mentally? Mentally? Um, well, I think uh, our guys uh, hopefully didn't let off the gas too much. They have to still stay focused because you cannot ever lose focus for 90 minutes. But it certainly uh, was a blow to them. You could see uh, they were deflated. They had put a lot into the game. It was hot. They were working. And then to go down a man, it's challenging. We have played down a man a couple times this year, and it's never easy. So you don't want that to happen. Uh, certainly gives the uh, a team that's up to nothing a really good chance of closing out the game. Well... Um, we've had an open chat in the locker room in there. The brutal assessment is uh, we're too soft. We give away too many goals, soft goals, two mistakes today in the first 20 minutes against a good team. And you're not going to win games of football like that. So it's disappointing. Um, my blood is boiling at the moment, although I remain calm with yourselves. But we're not good enough to just turn it on and off when we want. And we've seen that this week by you know the goals we've conceded on the top of the box. Three games, three goals on the top of the box, totally soft. Kind of an indication of what the team's going to be like without a guy like Alfonso, and then how, how do well, you get a replacement? Well, those are the million dollar questions. I think, you know, we. Uh, I said to the guys in there, they, they played okay today, but okay against Seattle, against a good team, is not going to win you a game. You have to play to your levels and you have to perform. And when you give away a mistake, a penalty, and I haven't seen it, if it's a handball, it's a penalty. Uh, and then we give away a second goal, sloppy. Sloppy mistake on the top of the box. Someone not blocking the ball correctly, and obviously Steph then has mistimed his his dive. Um, but it's a goalkeeping error, and then you get a man sent off. You know, I'm sick and tired of sent here. Uh, it's okay, it's okay. No, it's not okay. It's not okay. I'm I'm sick of playing with ten men. Uh, but the the ten guys did not give in. You know, so that's a that's a credit to them. Uh, but we need to be better across the board. If, if you're saying that the team's too soft, yeah. obviously then if they get harder, you could get more sending off or more... Yeah, no, there's, there's a difference, Michael, I think, with being soft and, and being difficult to play against. I think teams uh, in the past, we've been you know, uh, wanting to win our individual battles, which is the most basic thing in football, uh, be hard to play against. I think we're, we're quite nice to play against at the moment, and I don't like that because people get caught up in our, you know, you've got, to, uh, you've got to possess the ball more, or you've got to do this and you've got to do that, and you've got to be better at your counter-attacking. But you can only play a certain way based upon the players you have. I think every team in the world wants to play the Man City way, but no one can. So what we've been good at is defending well, which we're not doing at the moment, Hard to play against. Um, don't give up too many shots, which we're giving up too many at the moment. Uh, and defend for your lives. And then use our attacking players, which the the Yordies, the Fonzies, um, if he's if he's here, um, the Tacheras and, and Kais, to, to counter quickly. You know, we've had a lot of the ball today, but I can't really say we put Stefan Fry under too much pressure. We need to rectify that because the games are so tight, the league's growing so quickly. Uh, we've got to find something that suits us. And at the moment, we can't just be wishy-washy.
Ryan Schmitzer and Carl Robinson there talking about whatever that was that took place on the pitch in Seattle on Saturday afternoon. Felt really sorry for the the fans that went down. It was a, a good travelling support, and they just got nothing at all. Hopefully, to got cheer some, for. they got some cheap gas. Yeah, <laughs> some cheap eggs. The, the main reason I went down was to get some cheap gas. I uh, go to Fred Meyer and Trader Joe's and my I-94 that I get every three months. Is Fred Meyer good States. for groceries? you got to oh, be careful. Great. Someone got stabbed at a Trader Joe's in the States. Oh, I think that was weekend. in L.A. though. The football played secondary <laughs> or yeah. third or fourthly to me. But it, it was just so disappointing. It was just nothing there. I did pick up some Lego before the match. Oh, Lego. Oh, Lego. I was going to say Lego yeah. is important to get down yeah. there too. I got a free hat. <laughs> Any players get pass marks for you? Uh, Marcel de Young, I thought. Yeah. Uh, I thought he never. I thought he gave an effort, and I thought he kept trying. I thought Kai Kamara. I, 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 uh, he was basically on an island. It was hard to say th- to, for him to do anything. Was, He's the only one that sent in a decent cross into the box. I don't. He th- was not happy after the game. Yeah. I'd asked to speak to him, but he'd left by that point. I, I, I honestly don't. I think there's a major disconnect between the other attackers and him. Yes, and that's there's why a, he, a few times the, the I guy, was watching. You won't have seen this on the on the screen, but yeah. like from watching up above. He was gesturing and not happy, and I, I think we've the, never seen this before. From no, him. the only He's person right though, it's like no, you can't yeah, knock him yeah. for it. I bet you he wishes Iguin was on the team right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're, you talk about the high view. That's the one interesting thing about going to Seattle away. Now that the supporters are in the 300 level, mm. is you do have quite the perspective yes. on, on the match. So. Robo kept us waiting for about 45, 50 minutes after the match. To it was a complete dressing down. There was like. An open locker room, as he said there. A hair dryer kind of situation. Yeah. Felipe will play Felipe's audio in the second part. He, I like what Felipe says. We'll, yeah. we'll hear that. He knows they're not babies. Yeah. Jordan Much got injured. Again. Oh, yeah. That's a bit of a worry. And we don't know how we bad. We don't know right? what the Right hamstring. Right hamstring? Oh, I'm glad we waited for it so long. It didn't look that. like a hamstring this What's time. It? I thought I'm, it was thinking... more, it looked more like it was his ankle, but. I think it was an adductor. <laughs> Is this going to be indicative of what the Whitecaps are going to be like without Davies? Oh yeah. Well, okay, so <laughs> no. Okay, so one of the important things about Davies is his pace. Yeah, and, and so, there's nobody else that has that. And now. when you have someone who could play off the shoulder like that and can like run past defenders the way he does, it creates space for other players. And when you don't have someone with pace or that type of pace, then defenses can cheat up. They can cheat back. What like whatever like they well cheat up especially and and close down that space. And so or not even care about the other attackers. No. Forget cheating up. They just, yeah. they just go, yeah. Whoa, 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 yeah, let these guys do whatever they want. They really have no idea what's going on. Just to wrap up this part, the online reaction to the game was harsh. Hostile. Oh, harsh. <laughs> very, very hostile. I would, yeah, I wouldn't say harsh. I would say no, accurate. It was beyond it was ac- harsh. I would say accurate. Um, Juarez got a lot, a lot yeah, of heat. So did Robo. Yeah. Well, that was to be expected I mean, after it, every loss. It's Robo's time done here. The fan base are growing. And those that are in uproar and getting vicious and wanting them out, can he win them back? Does he deserve the chance to? I know it's tough to answer that. My, in my, my, the minute we've got left in this segment, but yeah. But my issue with him is, I I don't even know if it's his fault. I th- I feel like the players have shut him like like tuned him out completely. No, like, has I, he lost the locker? I'm 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 saying that they they they're not reacting the way he wants them to react. Clearly, the way he talks about it. Like, they have a plan, yeah. and the plan is not being executed at all. They're the definitely pitch. not executing what he's wanting them to do. Yeah. Tell you what, let, let, let's carry that on in the second part. So we'll be back with that after this. Hi, I'm Alfonso Davies, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. 
trumpet there. Awesome. Early Did that wake everyone up? Anyway, we're back. You're listening to the AFT and Soccer Show on CITR Radio. So we're going to continue the Whitecaps chat in this section. Yeah. Looking at Whitecaps <laughs> woes. We haven't done that for a week. What do you mean since earlier in the show? We did it a few times early in the season. Obviously, we thought we'd fixed it because they, they went unbeaten in a, a six-game thing. And as as we know, Robo and everyone listens to podcasts. I think that's what, what he said. <laughs> but he said, he, Robo said the feeling in the locker room... He, he, he doesn't probably listen to podcasts. He gets told everything. But people, listen, yes. people close to him listen to podcasts. He has people that listen to He us. has people. Welcome. <laughs> Send us a tweet. Burner accounts. I like the people who listen to podcasts for him, though. Hmm. Wow. The ones I'm thinking of. <laughs> but that, that was butt trumpet with I left my flannel in Seattle. And there was a lot of flannel in Seattle after the game. Not as, not as much as in Portland. No. <laughs> Robo said that the feeling in the locker room is that the team is too soft. Too nice to play against. We need some real bastards in there, I feel. I, I like to have a, I'd have a team of bastards, basically. Tough tackling. But not maybe getting sent off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but by so, just bumping the referee. You sound, you sound like Slamo. <laughs> Slamo and Humphreys. But you, you need some aggression in yeah. there. But it's not just about that side of it. It's the mental toughness. When they went a goal down, like I said, I felt it was over. And I think some of the players believed that as well. No fight in Seattle. It was a little bit reminiscent of the playoff game. Oh, man. No, well, no, actually, okay. I don't think it was. It, it, I guess the result. Was and that, I didn't think they were ever going to score. Right. Um, was kind of right. The the thing about the playoff game is it felt like they they execute. They did what they were asked to do, right? Like they there was a game plan and the players. It felt like they lived it out, except for nicking a goal. This it felt like if it, it did feel it, as much as I appreciate our, the the players, it felt like the effort was lacking from yeah. a number of them. But, but who do you put that down to? Is it on the players? Is it on the coach for not getting them fired up? Yeah, but has the, Robbo how, lost the how, locker room? How often? How, like, how many times does the coach have to get them fired up? These, these are professional players. No, well, I, I well, 30, 34 plus cup. I, <laughs> I blame the, the players. I, oh, I'm, as I'm well. totally on the players. Uh, uh, totally on the, and I'm not the saying yeah. before folk throw their headphones on the ground or whatever listening to that. I'm not saying that Robbo is faultless. No. It's far, far from it. But that performance on Saturday. Robo put out the team that I think most folk would have put out. Brought back Waston, brought, brought in Marinovic, went with Jake as right back, which I think a lot of folk wanted. I, I don't know what else he could have done with that team. Went with an aggressive 4 3 3 lineup. If the players can't rise for a Cascadian derby, I don't want those players at the club. Like I, Same I, in Montreal I, on Wednesday. I don't yeah. recall. I, I I'm having difficulty recalling Reina being mentioned in the broadcast, uh, Tachera being mentioned at all on the broadcast. And I like you don't want to just single out those yeah. two, but it's hard to remember like no. those two guys. Well, being totally. mentioned. I give Tachera some credit. Like he didn't say anything stupid. This yeah. Game. Look at the oh, Montreal game that. on Wednesday <laughs> as well. You had Breck Shea that just simply did not look interested out there. Yeah. Oh well, but we talk. How many times can we talk about Breck Shea? Maybe, like, maybe Breck, Breck Shea. Not enough. Breck Shea. <laughs> maybe he was interested when the 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 feed was actually not working. Oh, maybe. So maybe yeah. we missed it. <laughs> that was a lot of it time for me. Yeah. <laughs> like Breck Breck Shea is an uh, a nice guy who has some talent at football, but he's not. Passionate.
passionate about football. Like Loves he, his hat. he should be when he's on the bloody he, pitch. He, he, should, he should be. But this is why Breck Shea is playing, still playing in MLS. Yeah. With but, Breck Shea's abilities, yes. he should be playing at a higher level. Yeah. I had a, like Stephen Egan and me were having this discussion and I said, what must that signing talks must have been like when he went to Stoke? So tell me what your feelings on the game are. Oh, I, I just care when I'm on the pitch. Afterwards, I don't even think about football. Yeah. Great, we're signing you for the yeah. Premier League. They need to put it. They need to put in a hat bonus into his contract. Mm. Maybe then he'll get. No, one. but this is the problem with Brooke Shea, Is this whole contract thing, right? The, we we talked about this a couple, couple of weeks ago. Like I, the coaching. Like my understanding is the coaching staff did not want to bring him back for this year, and they were told as long as you don't play him this many starts or this many minutes, you're fine. And so they did that, and they were. I, my, I don't. I haven't heard this from them, but my, I've heard this from other people. My understanding is they, 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 they got through the regular season. They didn't go over his whatever, and then they were told, yeah, in the cup you can play him as much as you want. So then they played him in the cup, and that's and that's why he's still here. That's what. Mm. That's what. It, that's what. Uh, Re uh, re upped his contract. Yes, it triggered the. It triggered his contract. Yeah. So the coaching staff did not want him here, and you, and you go back to those comments last year when. Uh, Rob Robbo said in the postseason thing, like, "Oh, Breck Shea won't be a DP in Vancouver, right?" Remember? Do you remember yes. that? Right. Yes. That's because they did not want him here. The coaching staff did not want him here on on the wages. Sorry, on the wages he was on, and on a DP contract, they did not want him here. But uh, when it wasn't the coaching staff who screwed up this whole minutes and games thing. It was the people who do the contracts, and they're not. They haven't been held to, to be accountable, and they should be. But that's not how the Vancouver Whitecaps work. Robo said that there was an open discussion. Felipe was the first player to come out and talk afterwards. Again, this audio is not up on the, the Whitecap site, so we're going to bring it for you now. Interesting comments from Felipe. I love what he has to say here. So, Carol mentioned it was a very open discussion in the locker room after the game. What is the mood like amongst the squad just now? I think this is an important thing. Always be truthful to, to ourselves and uh, be always honest. You know, we know it's not good enough. And... Uh, we, as the leaders of the team, we need to do better. As, you know, I always look in the mirror and I see first for myself and for the others. And I know I can do more for this team. I need to do more. And, you know, just hurts, you know, the, 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 especially the, the spirit that we have on the, the, the win. It's, uh, as I said, it's easy to, to come here and talk about reset and... All of those things. It's if you don't win a game, doesn't doesn't matter anything. And uh, we have 13 games. We in, in the league games. We have um, three more games on on the cup. And you know it's important that tonight we all go home. We go to our families, but we look in the mirror because the problem is not formation. The problem is not uh, the coaches. The problem is us. We step on the field. We we go. It's our faces. It's our job to to put the energy level at the highest we can. It's our job to to help each other. It's our job to to make a difference in the field. So it's not about a point finger. It's about us who goes on the field and everyone as a player. Is the feeling amongst the squad that the squad is good enough to get into the playoffs? Yes, we are. We are good enough. But right now we are good enough individually. We have good players individually. It's but. We need to, to get back to playing for each other, to to help each other and start for myself, start from, from everyone. And we we're gonna turn around. We're gonna turn around because we 
we are men here, we're not kids, we're not babies, and we need to get back to work and first get to the final to for the Canadian Cup. More than anything, now it's it's for the fans, it's for for this club because at some point everyone gonna be gone, you know. Uh, but the club, the city, this team always gonna stay around, and we need to to do for the, for everyone who believe in this club and who has been supported for forever. Love Felipe, love what he said there, love a little Brazilian. The problem is not formation, the problem is not the coaches, the problem is us. That's taking ownership. Defensively, the team looks short. There, there seems just nothing there. doesn't matter who plays, goals are getting given up. You know who's between contracts right now, although he, I believe he has something lined up, is um, defensive midfielder... Oh yeah, Gershon Kofi. We need so we need someone. Yeah, or, you, you know, we do not have enough defensive yeah, midfielders. Yeah, you're right. There. No, yeah. no, but, no, but not. We need any more. We need we Better need one. Ones. We need one to stop the shooting from the top of the box. Yeah. We need ones that's going to stay on the pitch. You the know, but, is, I think Matias Lab is expecting his second child. I think now. Uh, the thing is with Gershon, though, I do agree that he was always in the in the mix in the mud. If you want to mixing it up, far too inconsistent. He was in the mixer. <laughs> but let, let, let's not revisit Gershon Kofi. Why not? He was at the game in Montreal, eh? Yeah, because he's going to Turkey. Well, uh, we'll see where he goes. Oh, he might not be going to Turkey. LA Galaxy? <laughs> that, was, that was a good one, Steve. Good callback. That was good. You Midfield. To, you have to watch the old shows to figure out what that was about. Yeah, watch them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm blaming the defence, but the midfield is lacking in defensive responsibilities as well. Another goal given up from around the edge of the box. This was a giveaway by Juarez, I think, but I don't blame him totally because Rain usually somebody should be should have been out there on the right side to get past to, and he didn't have anybody to pass to. Steve, I, Reina, think, I Reina thought you would give it side. all to Juarez. I do give. Okay, most well let, let let's get to the elephant in the room, the Mexican elephant, Efrain Juarez. His reaction was indefensible. I wonder if he's going to tell his grandkids about this one. <laughs> <laughs> Another good call back there. His discipline, in fact, the whole team's discipline has been shocking this year. It's not for the first time that him and others lost the plot, let the team down. I love the passion that Juarez plays with, and I'm not out to castigate him the way that other folk are. A lot of folk are like, never want to see him in a white cap shirt again. I, I like what he brings, but you can't defend what he did in that game. It wasn't yeah. going to change the result, he, but he, it costs he, us now moving uh, forward. He's going to... He, he, it has to be multiple game ban, right? Like his. Uh, it would be two in my my view. No, it's got to be more than that. Because it's, it's like second red card of the year, and he touched an official. Let, let's just play some of Robo's thoughts just on on the lack of discipline in the team. Effie's sending off. Yeah. It's not the first time we've seen a lack of discipline no. from Effie and other guys as yeah. well. But what is the message to, to them now? I'm sick of it. I told him I'm sick of it. I'm... I think they're letting themselves down, they're letting me down, they're letting the club down. And I don't condone it. You know, I'll protect them as much as I can, but, you know, I don't know what has actually happened there, whether he's run in, but, you know, if he comes from Mexican football, so it's a little bit different. Uh, the referees are a little bit different and things like that, but, you know, we don't condone that. Maybe the referees are a little bit different in Mexico. Maybe you can go and chest bump chest them. Bump them. Yeah. Yeah. We'll watch out for that. <laughs> 30 red cards with Robo in charge of the Whitecaps. Seven this year. There was less so last a, year, right? Last a, year we yeah, were not too bad. Because yeah. seven, that's above the average if there's five yeah. or six. Yeah. 
2016 wasn't done. a good year. No, no, just over halfway. Seven oh, is the average two for two Two for Juarez, years. two for Reyna, one for Teixeira, one for Waston, one for Aha. Okay, just explain to me a little deeper the thinking behind the 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 coach is totally responsible for the players' indiscipline. Because, like... I didn't say he was totally. No, no, no. Sorry, that's not you. But like in general, a lot of people oh, have like, said oh, that. Yeah. It's, right, it's yeah. his fault that you know they're they're indisciplined. Like, but they, they, the coaches set the example, and the assistant coaches, yeah, they're are often little, like yeah. yelling and screaming. So remind and fired me, up remind and, me when one of the assistant coach chest bumped one of the officials. Uh, I'm pretty sure. Did somebody jump onto the field at one point? Yeah, or there was someone got pulled away one yeah. one year. Because they were right we're, in their ass face. Okay, I'm, I'm trying to remember point. names, uh, but but it it but Juarez wasn't here for that, so no. obviously that's not going to influence him. If he's a passionate guy, should he play another game as a white cap? Right. Okay. Wait. Well, hang on. Here, if he's a passionate guy and he made a mistake or whatever, and okay, he's made multiple snakes now, or whatever. So that's a little a little bit more different. But like, do do people really think that like the the coaching staff is like, oh yeah, good job, thanks for getting that red card. It was really great, or like, or or not saying to the players. Hey, don't get. This is a derby. Don't get. You know, be careful not to get saw, sent off. Be careful not to get caught in any red mist because this is such a big match, right? Like, like, do you really think the? Well, he's co- also an experienced guy. He shouldn't need to. No, the he, players are responsible for their actions. Oh, I agree. No, I agree. I'm, I just, not, I'm not saying otherwise. I just, uh, I just, uh, I find it really difficult when people are like, the the all of the lack of discipline from the players is a 100 percent a reflection of the coaching staff. I. No, I mean, like, I forgive him, but I have a very low moral compass, so that's probably not the, the best thing to go by. If he comes in and rearranges some of my furniture, maybe I forgive him too. True, that might help. He's going to have a couple of weeks to, to do that, so may as well put him to good use. We've got a tweet from Our Dumb World, Greg Petrie, who said, maybe the Whitecaps should externally deal with this matter because the internally dealing with matters don't seem to be helping the team anymore. Do so you want to like tar and feather him or flog him publicly or like what? I think that was. Or oh, maybe just to be make a lapse and stream it on YouTube. Oh, the general oh, yeah. request yeah, yeah. on Twitter. Yeah, you, you, you guys remember, um, Michael? You should remember this. I think this is. Yeah, you were here. Um, do you remember the 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 uh, Charles BK Wesley Charles bust up? Oh yeah, yeah. and then they made. I remember that. Too. Then they made them the next game do a lap around the field holding a white caps flag and like waving or like saying they were sorry as they ran around the field. Classic. My my funniest moment in that is when he sent them both down the tunnel at the same time, and then some from the white caps realized that the two guys that had just been fighting were now going into the dressing room <laughs> yeah, together, yeah. and then hurriedly flew in behind them. Yeah. Is the squad enough? Is this is the squad good enough? It's not enough. It's the not squad enough. Is, enough. is the squad good enough to make the playoffs? No. Well, at the moment, obviously not. Right? Like, uh, I, yeah. As the as they no, no, as they as assembled right now, no. Yeah, with no Alfonso Davies, you, it's. Yeah. I think even with Alfonso, I don't think they're good enough. Well, let's shut your mouth, Steve. Let's get some. <laughs> I don't thoughts. think he can push the team forward. Let's get some thoughts from Robo then. On the players and such matters like that. Do you feel you've got the players in the squad that, that can get you into the playoffs this year? Well, we've got good guys in there and we've got quality. You know, I think it's shown that on our day we, we can compete, but on a, a number of days we're not competing. So that's something I need to look at with the club. And if, if it's not right and I don't feel it is, then we'll we'll make some moves. You know, if we feel it's right and... We're happy, then then I won't, because the window's open now. I think everyone's doing a little bit of business here or there, in or out, um, you know, and 
we'll take it day by day. But you know, we need we need something. I think we need an injection of something. We need a reality check uh, it, within the group, within the club, and we are who we are. I keep saying that all the time, and I know people say, "Well, you need to be better." Yeah, of course, we work Monday to Friday on trying to be better. But when you make mistakes like we did today, you're not going to win games of football at any level. The window is open, but not for a whole lot longer here. Um, do you yeah. expect you guys? How to long? How long is it open for? <laughs> week and a half. Do you think that you guys do need to act a little bit drastically here over the next well, couple I'm weeks? Drastically, to... uh, you know, uh, we're, we're not a club that just makes random transactions based upon, um, you know, if we feel we're desperate. We're not desperate. Um, if we feel we can strengthen, it's the right within the the parameters we work in. We'll do it. If we don't. Then we won't. It's as simple as that. You know, I, I answer questions every day about we're always looking. You know, I can tell you we're all players all over the world. You know, it's it's whether you can or you can't and whether you do or you don't. So, you know, that group in there is, is giving me a lot at the moment. I think we need a little bit more. Um, but we need to cut out the, the nonsense mistakes because if you don't, we won't win games. And we won't get to the playoffs. And that's our target is getting into the playoffs. You've not been a fan of bringing players in mid-season. Yeah. Obviously, if... Hypothetically, yeah. if Fonzie moves on and yep. you've got all this money to spend, would you want to act now or would you want to wait and make sure you get the right player? Well, again, it's the right player. Michael, if the right player's available, 100%, I'd bring him in now. But if it's if it's not available, um, you know, because of the transfer windows in Europe and um, people are doing their business at the moment, the window will be closed over there pretty quickly. So, you know, we're... We're probably not compete. We're not competing with teams over there. You know, we're competing in a certain certain area. Uh, we know. I know who we would like possibly to bring in to help the group, um, because they are. You know, they they're giving me everything at the moment. And if we can, great. If we don't, listen. We just have to soldier on. But we can't keep going like we're going and saying it's okay. It's okay because we're giving away too many soft goals. And I said when someone tells you that you're a little bit soft, it's not nice. So you need to actually reset. Look yourself in the mirror. Be honest and prove people wrong. That's what we've got to do at the moment. Well, they certainly are going to have to prove people wrong if they're going to get back into the playoff mix. I know folk aren't going to like this, but if they get the Fonzie money now, which there's no guarantee that they will get any of it now, because if Fonzie doesn't end up going until next year and he just signs a pre-contract, then they're, oh, they won't they're get not going to get any money now. January, okay. But there's, there's other ways to free up money, which we'll, we'll come to in a sec. Yeah. The Fonzie money. The breakdown, like, let's just, for argument's sake, say it's the, the 12 million. Okay, wait, before you get into that, the specifics, because I know where you're going. I know what else you're going to say. Okay, so Balou Tabla, when he got transferred to Barcelona, mm-hmm. we never heard the amount, and we Montreal got to keep all the money. Yes. With these same restrictions, I, I the take I sort of got out of Montreal was they did not have these restrictions. I, I, I'm probably wrong, mm, but... Yeah, I think they would have to. Because their restrictions are, the Caps get 100% because he's a homegrown. If we say 12 million, maximum of 750,000 can be allocated as general allocation money. That potentially leaves 11.25 million. That can't go in the owner's pockets as folk keep going on about online, but it also doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to go into the squad. It can be used on a new or an existing DP, so Brexit can get an even bigger pay rise. <laughs> MLS can approve it for an investment into the club or for an expense that the Whitecaps might otherwise not have had. New towels for the residency. Yeah, private plane to Germany to drop Fonzie or something like that. But yeah, it could be spent in the residency, it could be spent on the training facility, stuff like that. 
If it's not used on the squad, though, there's going to be absolute uproar amongst the fine the fan base. And for me, that's going to be the final straw for, for many. I know a lot of folks already reached the final straw, but if the Whitecaps get a whack of money and it's not seen to be put in the squad, yeah. there's, there's going to just be carnage. Two questions. How would you like it to be spent? And how do you think it will be spent? <laughs> well, I think... I- Oh, here's the thing. If the if the if if the Vancouver Whitecaps come out and say the same thing they said at the town hall about the Octavio Rivero money, yeah, people should people should react appropriately, and they should de- they should demand to know where that money is going. Yes, uh, accountability. Yeah, because there is none. There is none for the football transparency football committee mm-hmm. and above. There is none. Like we already talked about before with Brick Shea. There's no. There, there isn't any. Uh, none that's none that's seen. Anyways, uh, uh, what are they going to do with it? I honestly think they're going to say, "Oh, it, it's going to go to pay off the pay off whether they have debt or whatever on the the training the center. training center yeah. down the street here or whatever." Like it, this is not going into squad development. This is not going into squad. They could put some of it against residency costs, and that's legit. They do have residency costs, and that's yeah. They, well, you think that's a good use of money, although they've spent over fifteen million dollars on it already, and I don't think it's produced. Well, I guess well, now you might they, say they, now would, they, they would break even at this <laughs> yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is twelve million. There yeah. you go. Yeah. Although they obviously the residency didn't produce fully produce Alfonso no. Davies, but for me, making a big splash in just one player is not the way to go. No. Nope. So if they eight, ten, twelve million on one guy, no, I would rather see it used on four to six starters, real difference makers, maybe two, three, four million dollar DP guys couple of two million dollar guys and i know you can't have all that money to have to buy stuff down and all that kind of stuff well the thing is if you use this money as a as, as a transfer fee on other new players that transfer fee doesn't affect the salary cap no so they they could be yes yeah, so it could you, be used on a transfer fee, so they they, they could buy salaries. somebody for yes. two million and then their salary is still 150 or 200 yeah. and they're still a regular player my key needs would be a number 10 yes that's number one and a proven goal scorer yeah, yeah, I would. My uh, Martin is kind of guy. My, obviously, everyone in the world is going to want. Yeah, me. my two my two things would be um, uh, uh, number ten, like you said, and revamping the wings. Well, they are going to have to replace well, Fonzie. I so. think they need to re- replace some more of those players that are on the wings at this point. Yeah. Also, I think you had mentioned this to me when we were chatting on the phone. Get wingers that are actually wingers. Yes. And don't turn strikers like Abini and Reina and stick them on the win. And Jordan Much, who's not a winger. I like Jordan Much and what he's brought. Yeah. He's not he's a winger. Not, he's not a winger. Bernie Abini is not a winger. M- maybe the defence needs a bit of an overhaul as well. Get a reliable centre back, especially as Kendall could be the, the next guy that might go. Kendall <laughs> spoke after the match yesterday as well. Yeah. And I so wanted to ask him, are you amazed that Fonzie's gone before you have? thought that was. He wasn't in a good mood. Maybe get a right back as well. I know Jake's got potential, but maybe a new goalkeeper? Who knows? But we we definitely need a lot of stuff. If Let's just, for argument's sake, say we get some money now. Should the moves be made now, or should we wait to have the proper time to get the right players so we don't just panic by somebody that then doesn't work out and then we're stuck with them. Well, I, the, the, yeah, I agree with that. They just shouldn't spend it willy nilly. They should, they should get the right players in. Um, they need to whether that's this year, whether that's in January, 
uh, for next season, that is 100%. They need to find the right players that can affect this team and push it forward. Because you just can't, like you said, you just can't buy anybody just for the sake of buying somebody. Um, it has to be somebody that's thought out. Can adding a couple of players now turn this team around the way it needs to be turned around? Yeah, of course, in theory, that, that could play out that way. But I don't see it happening. I don't, I don't see it I don't happening see them, either. I, I don't because I feel it's deep-rooted. We need to... Uh, they're they're not they're not going to spend the amount you need of, no. for all the quality I mean, players. Robo basically, in. I'm paraphrasing him. Oh, but yeah, he basically no, he, said something like there needs to be a complete rethink for the whole club. Yes, Attitude, so, uh, see, uh, there needs the, to be an attitude adjustment. Really. So yeah. his 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 words there were before it was like you could read it between the lines because you know if you know him and you know like yeah. you've been around long enough you could you see he's saying hey we're not spending enough but without saying that but yeah some of those comments after Seattle were a little bit more. A little more uh, clear. There's a number of players I would like to see moved on. Breck Shea is a key one. He's on 745,000. I'm at the stage now as well. I would be quite happy to see Reina, Teixeira, Mesquita, Ebini. Get rid of all of them. Reina's on 534. Teixeira's on 412. These are all like guaranteed compensation. Mesquita's 130. Ebini's 265. You get rid of those four and Shea... That frees up over $2 million. I know it's not as easy as that. You can't just suddenly get rid of players. I'm also starting to feel that Blondell is a bit of a bust. At 304000 he was dreadful against Montreal. And I, I still believe he needs a run in the team to find his feet. But if he's not going to get that, we can't have that sitting on the bench. Davies is only on 72500 we freed up 109,000. We're releasing Fidesz and Flores, but we've signed Baldissimo, so that's going to be a bit of that. If Juarez was to move on at the end of the year, he has got another year to go, but it, they might decide not to. Well, do you think There's 620 freed up. So do you think they'll ship anyone else else? Though? I mean, obviously, they'd love if someone took Brexit off their hands. Yeah. But- I think Abini's the one, and Teixeira, I think, is marketable. I think they could get that off the books and get a guy that's more consistent. And can play home and away. That would help. But last thing I'll say in this section, I also have issues around who is vetting the players that we're bringing in. We know there's been issues with the likes of Williams and Reyna and Teixeira. There's also been other stuff in the last couple of years with some players that haven't, hasn't become public knowledge as well. Who is responsible for vetting these players' characters? We're always told, oh, I like to make sure they're good character guys, good family guys. It's not coming across that way. No. No. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of players who, like, you... It's early days for some of them still, I guess, in one sense, but, like, there's... Well, the, the, white, cap, the white Caps lack a, uh, an actual, like, identity, right? Like, there's yeah. no... There's no like, I mean, in style of play, yes, they, they're a trend team that plays in transition and blah, blah, whatever. But, like, there's no, like, what this whole idea, they used to talk about, like, we want our players to know what it means to be a white guy. That, that's. Yeah. Um, the, you... one, the one thing I want to mention about the players that you're uh, moving on, what I'd like to see, uh, one position, I'll use one position, for example, the holding midfielder position. If you're going to use two holding midfielders on the pitch, one, I, I, I kind of like Felipe, so I would keep him. I would bring in another holding midfielder, a different one, get rid of Juarez and, and Gazal, and there's your backups. Tybert and Norman Jr. Yeah, very serviceable backups. Because you don't want to spend that much money on holding midfielders no. when you got other players. Felipe's also not 
to me, a holding midfielder. He's well, completely wasted he's there. He's more box and to if box. You, if you look at what he, he produced when he first arrived here, he got up to six assists, and he's done nothing since... Well, he's done a little bit, but he's not done a lot since he's had to play deep. Yeah. But you get rid of all those players that I talked about there, yeah. along with like Aaron Mond, who's on 190, Franklin, who's 150, much as 284, that frees up 3.7 million. Yeah. Which makes me feel that the money that's being spent just now has not been spent wisely. But anyway. Wait, did you say money has not been spent wisely? I know, it's, it's shocking. But we'll be back with a little bit more Whitecaps chat, looking ahead to the game in Montreal. And also a little bit of what happened in MLS this weekend after this. Hi guys, this is Felipe. Thanks for listening, AFTN. Welcome back. You're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio. It's been a bit doom and gloom uh, in the first two parts. I, I guess that's what happens when you're talking about the white cap. So let, let's bring the mood up. Let's bring Wavelength forward a little bit earlier into the show. I've decided to put Football Violence Awareness Month on hold to August. Bit ironic considering Toronto fans, which will come to it in the headline section. But I thought, I'm going to cheer things up. I'm going to bring you a punk song from a band from my hometown, Glenrothes and Fife, Newtown Grunts. This is from 1999, and this is called Everywhere She Goes. My girlfriend knows a lot about football. In fact, there's nothing about the game she doesn't know. She goes to all of the big matches. From Gay Paris to Dublin and Glasgow. And she knows all the songs. And she knows all the girls.
Newtown Grunts there from my hometown of Glenrothes and Fife from 1999. That was a, a great song. I've been jumping up and down to that. Yeah. I think you need like an inhaler or something like that. I completely forgot all about that until I stumbled across their debut EP the other day, No Soap in Glasgow. And I was like, oh, they did a football song. And then dug that out, so there we go, everywhere she goes. So we know how you suspend violence, like the football violence for Wavelength, is that you get a song from your Yes. Hometown. Also, it kind of name-checked East Fife, because it's talking about his girl going to Methyl, oh. where East Fife play. But anyway, let's move on to North American football talk, and we'll quickly have an MLS weekend review. Yeah. The loss in Seattle. Didn't help. And other results. Well... We've slipped to ninth in the standings and points per game, but it wasn't that bad a week, the way that other games went. Sounders, though, six points behind us now with two games in hand and tenth. They win those two games in hand, we're then down in tenth. The other results, it did help us. There's a lot of draws. I, I do think, possibly, though, that the White Cats should consider changing their name. Follow like York 9 and become Vancouver 10 in honour of the number of players we usually finish with on the pitch. Or Vancouver 3, because we need three goals every time. Oh yes, that would work as well. (laughs) 3-10. We're four points off the playoff line, five points off fourth, so it's still achievable. I'm I'm still holding out a sliver of hope. Is it ninth points per game too, or...? Yeah. Oh, we even. Sadly, yeah. yes, it we, is. We, we, we broke that last week. No, I know it was yeah. last week. I don't we are making this week. lowly teams. I, I was saying poor teams, and I thought, you know what? They've beat us, so where does that make us? So, But we're making lowly teams Consistently look bad. like world beaters. Yeah. That could be the Vancouver Whitecaps making bad teams look good since 2018. Galaxy 1 3 1 at Philly. They trailed at half time. Lots of rain in that game. Oh, yeah. Horrendous. Zlatan led the comeback with a goal and an assist. His assist was fantastic to Kamara. Yeah. That's a deadly combination. I guess it'd be good Kamara. Yeah. <laughs> the Kamara that scores. The Kamara you wanted. Yeah. Then a lot of draws. Houston and Dallas drew 1-1 in the Texan derby. We could have really done, though, with Dallas taking all three points from that. Yeah. Both the goals came in the first eight minutes. Dallas missed a penalty, but then Houston also had a, a goal disallowed by VAR in in. It seemed Second to be a half. very intense game, too. Well, Texas, would you expect? Yeah. RSL and Colorado, the other derby, the mountain... Rocky, Rocky Mountain? Ro- Rocky, Rocky Mountain, the <laughs> chocolate company derby. They they love their chocolate-covered apples down there. I think that's why they, they've called it that, the Rocky Mountain derby. Yeah. 2-2. 2-2. Pepke got, uh, was up 2 nothing. Yep. No, well, no, no, not Pepke. He's RSL. suspended, right? Oh, uh, yeah. RSL were up 20 minutes and two goals. Then... I, I, I don't even like calling him RSL. I want to call him Petke from now on. It's Petka. Pit, Petka FC would kind of probably fit in with a CPL, Brandon. <laughs> There's a 45-minute weather delay for rain. Softies or what down there? Come on, it's only it, rain. I think it might have been for the lightning more. Well, Jack McBean got a 33rd-minute penalty and then... Dylan Serna earned a point for Colorado two minutes from time. That that was a uh, Castile making a run up the yeah. field, getting the shot in, and then uh, Serna had a, a really tight angle shot. Yeah, nice finish. Oh, like nice finish. It was so tight that you know Romando was tall, you know, wide enough to stop that, but he couldn't get it. Not a great game. No. Two not great teams, but it is good for us at RSL 
dropped at least two points. Now, Minnesota. Yeah, we'll come to their last Saturday game last because it will tie in with our, our preview for Wednesday. But Minnesota today, Zach sent me a tweet. I wasn't watching the game. <laughs> Saying, what time is it? And I was like, oh, that means someone scored five goals, exactly. expecting it to be the LA. Goats. You wanted the goats that far. Yeah. 5-1. Yeah. To Minnesota. The Loons. I think we kick-started their season by letting them beat us with their 10 men. Maybe not. We now play them next week. Hooray. We're out of form. No, no. They got, they got all the goals out of their system. Oh, maybe. Yeah, maybe we'll be. Well, Christian Romero's got two. Quintero got one. Maybe we'll just give up one to them. Well, they've got three straight wins now. Yeah. They have turned things around. Four uh, wins uh, LA, out of the last five. The Goats did have like a mid-season cup match, right? They also didn't play Beta Shearer or Harvey, so I think that's why they let five Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. Their, their defense was very poor in this game. Laurent Simon did not cover himself in glory in this match. As he hasn't a few times this year. Mini scored 10 goals, though, in their last three games. They've given up four, so a little bit of hope. Um, yeah, they're not. Uh, they're Mike, Michael Bo- play- our friend, good friend, friend of the show, Michael Boxwell, is still holding down their back line. <laughs> yeah. They're also used to playing on the shitty turf in Minnesota, so it's not as oh, if yeah. they're going to rest all the guys yeah. coming here. Yeah. Not looking forward to Saturday. Not looking forward to Wednesday. <laughs> Montreal come to town for the second leg of the Canadian Championship. They were in action. You took it, that game. It as was you a mentioned. great game. Yeah, connected yeah. with uh, Abe from but, the TA. And but like, Minnesota should have. I mean, Minnesota, Montreal should have won that game. Another two. If it wasn't for Evan. Oh yeah, no. Like, should have. So Montreal, Montreal, their their movement was really good, and their passing was like really crisp. Like. Uh, all the, all the people I talked to from Portland, they were just like, "Oh, it was a terrible game." I was like, "Actually, well, it was good to see two teams like really give it a go." Um, but they felt their side was was really poor. Um, but much like yeah, Montreal was really good. So if you haven't seen this, you should go watch. Evan Bush drops the ball yeah. like. I think right, this right week, instead of feet. save of the week, we should have, like, uh, you know, Howler of the week. Oh, Howler of the week. I was going to say F-up of the week. So, so, so he drops it, and Sammy Armenteros just hits it in, and then, like, just stand, does a standing celebration. Like, just like, yeah. And then... That's because I think he's so old that he can't run around. And then and then Montreal went ahead, like, right after that, like, while the smoke was still going up. Um, and then... Uh, that Bush was again. Bush again. He ran against that offside trap so well. Oh yeah! Oh, so oh no! Everyone, everyone in the in the, in the TA they, thought, "Oh, this is offside. This yeah, is offside." No, then, that was yeah. well onside. Yeah, no, it was a nice play. And then um, Bush again, like he just like he not pretended. He he played like he was fouled like, yeah. by Valeri. Valeri just like nodded this like little looping ball in in and like I was stand. I was like tw- like fifteen twenty feet from it. Like it was there was n- no hint of a foul. Like it was never a foul. He just looked like an idiot. Worst performance by a Bush in America since Jeb in the presidential <laughs> primaries. But Montreal now one loss in the last eight matches. Yay, we get to play them again. The good thing is the Montreal supporters, uh, I think it was, what are they called? 1647 Montreal or I don't know, whatever. The the guys with the... the, the was guy, that what time the train was? No, the guys with the bell, or as you might call oh, them, the bell the end guys. Ends, yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're uh, the Bellenders. They're traveling. There's a good dozen or more of them traveling up for the. For I always the like it when there's any away fans. Are they going to bring the bell place? too? Oh, no, like, no they did not. not have the bell. Look, they had a couple miniature one. They had a couple flags. Do a couple of ding dings. First miniature. leg last week, one 0 defeat for the Whitecaps. Yeah. Was the result as bad as it felt to me? Because I, I was saying it was horrible. 
And someone at the club, I won't say who, took umbrage to that and said that a 1-0 first leg loss away from home... Oh, now I want to find out who said that. <laughs> ...wasn't a bad result, considering they had the travel in DC before, they rotated a full squad, they still in the tie. Perform- just joking, just joking. Performance... Lack of any kind of spark for me, I thought it was poor, no urgency. Well, we've talked about this in previous years. One of the problems is you put together this group that, that has a couple starters in it, or regular starters in it, but this group, other than maybe two times before this match, played together in training? They ha- no, they've, they've played together in MLS, because a lot of these guys have seen considerable minutes in MLS. Da- when did, Normally, when has David Dunnorman played in MLS? No, like he's about the only one. The other guys have all played together at some point in MLS this year. You can't use that as an excuse for once. Really? Yeah, I, I, I genuinely I, feel that. But they haven't played together as a unit, Michael. That's what I'm saying. Teixeira and, and Shea I'll, certainly have. I would say Levi's hasn't got that much time either. I, we already we've established this. Blundell Breck, had a couple of games Breck playing Shea with doesn't these count. guys. <laughs> Tybert hasn't been on the pitch for a long time, except for substitute. Yeah, but they, they have played together. And at training every week, they're the B team. That's playing against the starters, so they've got some chemistry there. Uh, the, the subs, though, seem to indicate that we were settling for a 1-0 loss. I know some were maybe forced. David Norman was a bit goosed. Brent Levi's and on, and on had a yellow. knock. Yeah, and, and His first tackle well. was nice, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Classic. See, that's the, the toughness I'm wanting to see. Now, the same person had said that said it wasn't a bad performance, that... The bug hit the bar and Nico sent a free kick just wide. If if they had gone in, it would have been 1-1. Oh, I know Which my retort now. was... I know who talks to you now. <laughs> my retort was, Montreal hit the woodwork twice and missed loads of other chances, so it would have been about 5-1 if you, if you want to look at yeah, it that yeah, way. Yeah, exactly. No away goal, massive disappointment for me. Always. Because we can't keep a clean sheet. And I cannot see Montreal not scoring on Wednesday. Yeah, it would be interesting to see what Montreal does because they like they played as far as I could tell like a really full strength squad against Portland. Yeah, Luke Tully. And so it's going to be interesting if they if they go for it or if they're like they were away from home. Whatever, like they surrender. <sighs> Man, Je me souviens. Let's not let's not go there. No, I'm just asking. Will they? Okay. I don't know what that's about. <laughs> but <laughs> you should. Thank God we don't stream this on YouTube right now. <laughs> they get an early goal. That was a good callback, Michael. Ties over. We do have to do this wiki page this, of our old jokes of like, folk. That's like a nine, ten-year callback. Yeah. <laughs> but the, they, get a, they get a goal at any stage, and the tie's over in my eyes. In your eyes. No. Uh, no. The White Caps. Oh, yeah. No, 2-1. Would, they have to be 3-1. We'd have to score yeah. three. Yeah. Which we have to score anyway to yeah, win a game. Exactly, so. yeah. Before we get into who a we David think... David Norman Brace. So before we get into talking about who's going to be playing, let's hear a little bit from Robbo as to how he might be approaching this game, especially after that loss in Seattle. Will that make any difference? Now, Wednesday is obviously now a, a huge game in Montreal yep. coming to town. Does the performance today and how the league's gone the last few weeks, does yeah. that change how you prioritise this game on Wednesday? Well, no, the, the game on Wednesday is not changed by what we've done today. Um, I've got in my mind what I'm doing in Montreal anyway, irrelevant of the result today. Um, I know people said, well, you made 11 changes on Wednesday, but they didn't realise last week prior to that was we went to DC United, we 
you know, it was a long travel day and we were staying there. So that was always happening and you'll see on Wednesday this was always going to happen as well, irrelevant of the result today. Um, we're taking it seriously. We want to try and advance, but I'm sure Montreal do as well. But, you know, we need to concentrate on that game. We need to get a result because we want to go through to a final. Um, but we also need to get ourselves back on track in the playoffs because every team goes through a run. Uh, we're having it at the moment. You know, the last four or five games haven't been good, uh, good enough with one win. Um, but we've got to regroup. We've got to be honest um, and be open and move forward and smile and get back to work. It's the reality of football. Hope everyone's smiling on Wednesday night. Yeah, there's not been a lot of smiles the last last few weeks at, at BC Place. So, yeah, what, what, what were you wanting to say about the, the roster? No, sir, I, was I wanted to ask you a question. I wanted to ask you a question. Was Simon uh, Colin? Yeah. Oh, how come he wasn't in the 18? I thought for sure he'd be in the 18. Well, I was more concerned and puzzled that the fact that he said Davies wasn't going to be playing on Wednesday, yet he took a place on the bench. Why would you have him as part of your 18? Unless it was psychological... So that Montreal yeah. thought, oh, they're yeah, going to yeah. bring him on. But by that point, it didn't matter. The subs were <sighs> disappointing. The lineup was what I was expecting. In fact, I basically called 10 of those 11. I think the, I can't remember, there's one I, I, I was a little bit surprised by. I can't remember who. Oh, it was Gazal at centre back. I didn't think oh, that, right. yeah, yeah. that would happen. But no, yeah. th- th- I thought you said that on the show though that you thought that I, would. Happen. I was joking to wind you up on that, and oh, then really? when it, yeah, and then when it happened, I was like, oh, because oh, I, I when I saw it, I was like, man, Michael is bang on. Yeah, and I, and many a true word is spoken in jest. <laughs> yeah, we'll come to that when we get to the CPL colours. <laughs> how how do we see the team lining up for this one? Robo's indications from that audio there is expect mass changes and pretty much the same kind of lineup that we we got on Wednesday. Which for me is a major disappointment. This could be our own. This could be what our season hangs on, and like having some success. I, I would start Kamara, personally. I'd maybe stick Rain in as well, even though he's not been that effectual. But I feel you've got to have your top guys in there. Yeah, he hasn't been that effectual. You're right. No, they. With these cup games, we've said over the years. They end up being in a difficult spot, especially because of the league situation. I can't remember. I can't well, remember. Now Minnesota's I can't, overtaken. I know. Us. I can't remember a Voyager's Cup game. We're like, oh, it doesn't matter what happens on the weekend. Yeah. Um. But uh, so yeah, like they 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 need to win this. Like if like I think you said earlier in the show, if they lose both these games, yeah, you are you were joking? The season's over, right? But no, like, I I genuinely believe that it it, w- it would be really really bad to lose both those games. It's like they need to win both. The atmosphere, which is already toxic, would just be awful, absolutely awful. For me, play a good mix of your regular starters, yeah. and a couple of the fringe guys thrown in. I think three guys, maximum fringe guys. The rest, it should be eight starters from this past weekend. I I would put Kendo in the middle of that defense as well. I know he's just back. I would put him in. Kendo with Aha. And I would, I would, I would, oh. I would, I would uh, put in. Which guy. is what you said on the radio, or you told the radio Cascadia guys. Yeah, they, yeah. They mentioned. I would give. Uh, I would get Alfonso Davies, give him a fake mustache, put Mavies on the back, and put him seventy-six, <laughs> and put him, on, uh, put him on the back, and uh, get get him on the pitch. Byron, you'll never know. No, <laughs> as long as he's not goose stepping up the wing, we'll be good. Oh my god! Anyway, that's it. That's our Whitecaps chat over for tonight. Really? Yeah, I'm quite glad about that. So, when are we talking about how they need to make changes in the front? 
We'll, we'll save that. Till we'll the save team. that. The, end, the end of the season next week. Yeah, next week's end of season special. <laughs> anyway, we'll be back with some Canadian Premier League chat after this. Hey, I'm Brett Levi's, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Let's go! Don't miss the show! Of course you know! It's Christian Canada! A taste of beer! We're out of here! It's Christian Canada! It's job! Defeat It keeps me high! It's Christian Canada! It's job! Defeat It keeps me high! It's Christian Victoria's finest, the day glow abortions there, with Squeegee Night in Canada. Because I, I think that is part of the new CPL sponsorship on CBC, it's going to be Squeegee Night in Canada. Yes, that brings us nicely to the Canadian PL chat here in the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio. Coast to coast. Broadcasting C- no, coast no, to coast. No, I meant, Canadian, oh, I meant Canadian CPL is coast ah, to coast. Ah, okay. <laughs> yep. Pacific FC is here. I told you it was purple. Yeah, but you said it was semen. Salish semen, I still think, is a good it's name. It's lighthouse white, man. Come on. Yeah. And it's starfish purple. It's the white that goes through the crest meant to be the lighthouse, because that's what I see it as, the lighthouse beam. But they didn't mention that in their, their blurb. I don't know. They've been, they've been working with the tree for a long, a long time. When it all came up, Massimo and me were talking, and our general feeling was that we love the crest, but it feels like there's something missing from it, because there's such a big bit of colour. It just feels like it needs something. No, I'm not saying a soccer ball, but it just feels that it needs something in there. That the PFC and the, what the do you trident. call it? The Trident could be in there? Well, the, the, yeah, the PFC is tiny as well. That's, that's going to that's gonna be a little bit difficult for doing TIFO. That's yeah, gonna be that, that is going to be tough. I, I like it. I like yeah. the name. I like the logo. I like the colours. You like the name? Yeah. Wow, it's, it's nice and generic yes. for you? Yes. Oh, I, I don't think it's generic. Nothing to do it's with very, military. Zach, yeah. Zach, I think he wants a job there. Wait, do we get a cut of that? Uh, maybe. As I, much as we get now. We'll, we'll cut this out of the podcast. I, I may have brought that up at the, at the thing on Friday, <laughs> but let's move on. Did you, say, did you see the helicopter I flew in on? <laughs> <laughs> I tell you. That gave me a new love for how beautiful this part of the world is. When you see it from above like that, you should have streamed that. Just, yeah, you should have. Did you take a video? I did take some video of it. Yeah, yeah, get it out there. Yeah, it give it your beautiful. give it your AV guy Duncan and get him to get it on your. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, the crest I like, apart from just the fault there. The colours when I knew it, when I saw it was going to be turquoise. I'm not calling it blue lagoon or lagoon blue. Blue Lagoon's a, a chip shop in Glasgow. But Lagoon Blue... Isn't that a movie, Steve? Blue yeah, Lagoon. it is as well, yeah. Is it, oh, I didn't think you'd watch that kind of movie. I haven't seen it. Oh, just, okay. You I've should. heard of it. I've seen it. It's a good date night <laughs> Good date night movie. What's it about? Um, a young couple finding romance trapped in a lagoon. Lots of They're wet- like shipwreck? Yeah, lots Are you of, serious? Yeah, lots of witness. I just did a, I just did a whole week of... Uh, replace, kids- replace Wilson with Brooke Shields. Oh yeah, um, I uh, I just did a whole week. <laughs> I just did a whole week of day camp. Thank God ship, we don't stream. <laughs> yeah, Pacific FC. I I like it. the The launch was good. It was well attended. It wasn't packed, but there was a good turnout. Lakeside boys were there. Yeah. But who did you talk to? I, ev- everyone, including Josh Simpson. And funnily enough, going to bring some audio for that now. But before we do. 
just have to say ambient noise. Yeah, for some reason, oh. as soon as they wrapped everything up, <laughs> the band, they, started, the band started playing, and then they had the disco blaring really loud. It's very hard to hear. I've tried to do a little bit of noise cancellation in the background, so it's maybe a little bit tinny. Hopefully you can hear what he has to say, because there's some good stuff here from Josh. Listen, uh, I'm kind of a guide from, I mean, coming from the island, of course I want to represent the island, um, but I'm sort of used to that situation where you got FC Zurich or Young Boys Burn. Um, the issue we had here is we were trying to represent the entire island, and to nail out one city was, was just not representative of that. So, after doing a bunch of focus groups all across the island, we invested a lot of time in hearing a lot of people's input. And what resonated from those uh, focus groups was the Pacific. Everybody could relate to the Pacific. Everybody wanted the Pacific. And that's what kept everybody here. So it came clear with that that we become Pacific FC. And just uh, for a local guy like yourself, like how special is this day for you right now? Are you soaking it all in right now? Yeah, this is one of one of the best days of my life right now. Um, I grew up I grew up working hard, as I said before, spending spending time in Europe as as a youngster, trying to take it all in and see what what it's really like, what it takes to to be able to make it to the next level, um, to be able to bring it here, bring it home, and know that my nephews can aspire to play for Pacific FC. That uh, means the world to me. And what's next now? Like season ticket drives, I imagine. Can you share with us any like targets you guys are looking forward to hitting or anything like that? Um, what we will be definitely doing is um, pushing membership right away. So guys can sign up today for a membership. Uh, what a member is, it gets you first place in line uh, from the opening day uh, at getting nailing down your choice of season tickets and um, all the upcoming announcements come straight to you first. Um, as far as nailing down your season tickets, that'll be in the fall. Um, so coming up in the, in, the, in the next months. And you said, what's next? Uh, Rob and I have been spending a lot of time piecing together our club philosophy and uh, putting together um, uh, a coaching plan. Josh, question for you. 14-year-old Josh, uh, you made all the 14-year-olds uh, uh, It's a wonderful, wonderful question. Um, that's one thing that I've noticed being on the island over the last six months, really uh, gathering information, how the island ticks. Uh, we will be working very closely with Lower and Upper Island Soccer Association, um, the, with, uh, with uh, UBIC, with uh, uh, Islanders, and of course the Whitecaps. Uh, to not push anybody out of the way, but to complement the existing structure that's in place. Josh, um, you, you talked I know there about, like, you, you've got your career in Europe, so you've been all over. Did you ever envisage a time when Canada would be able to have its own professional league? Of course, during my journey, I was dreaming of a professional league in Canada. Um, with the Major League Soccer coming in 95 uh, to the United States, it was not really built for a Canadian player. 
That's what we're trying to fill today. The Canadian player who grows up, we're focused on that player. And Pacific FC is focused on the island, homegrown players, to put them on the world stage. Uh, also as well, being the only team in the league in BC, it obviously gives you the pick of a lot of the, the players here. Have you had any talks with the Whitecaps about how any formal relationship might work with them? Absolutely. Initial discussions took place a long time ago. So I think, like I said a few minutes ago, we will be looking to complement the existing what's in place. Of course, uh, the CPL needs to look after our primary, let's say, asset, uh, young Canadian players. Okay, what the Major League Soccer has done an outstanding job at doing is putting the U.S. to the next level. Of course, we all saw it's a little bit anticlimactic when they don't make the World Cup, but that's football. I mean, Italy, Italy didn't make the World Cup. So it's, it's about taking the right steps, putting the right steps in place to make it happen for the future. Last thing for me, like looking back at your own career, the fact that you played in that B team for Canada and then you were discovered by Millwall, how often do you allow yourself to look back at that time and wonder just what might have been if you hadn't played that match? Well, that's a good question. I smile because you know my situation, you know how it happened. I did get called into the B team for Canada. But, um, but what, what that doesn't represent is the hours and the eight, nine, ten training sessions per week from the time I was 10, 12, 13 years old. If it was not then, it was the next game. And if it was not that game, it was the next game. I'm, I'm a real firm believer in, and that's what I just said on the stage, if you work hard and your heart's in the right place, you'll be noticed, you'll be able to make it happen, and you'll be able to make that step. And that Millwall game was representative of that step for me. Um, but I don't think that would have been the only one. So, Josh Simpson there. Hopefully you did manage to, to hear what he was saying. But it's just some thoughts on what he said there. It looks like Victoria is excited about everything. But how, how, how do you make this team a success? How much work do they need to do to, to get the Victoria public, who I know it's a different level in the Highlanders, but they've not packed those numbers in the last couple of seasons the way that they did initially when they were downtown. Langford's not downtown. Do you see it being the success it needs to be? I'm incredibly biased, right? Like, yeah, I, I, I hope, I long for this to be a success. And anyone who uh, cares about football in Canada should want this to be a success. Uh, which means everyone in in the on the island who cares about football should want to be a part of this. Uh, in terms of going as much as they yeah. can, supporting it in any way that in any way, shape, or form. Well, membership is open as well. You can yeah. uh, you can put your name down for that. A lot of folks signed up at the event on what, Friday. What's your, what's your number? Have you got a number yet? I didn't sign up. Oh, okay. Did you have to pay fifty bucks yeah. to sign? Yeah, I wasn't doing that. <laughs> I'm not going to be going over to games. Why would I pay fifty bucks? Oh, I'll go yeah. for the opener, but then that will probably be it. And the playoffs. 
Unless, unless I'm living there and maybe working in Victoria somehow. We'll see. <laughs> my, my, I got my number. It's 28, which is very Gershon Coffee. Oh. I felt very good about that. Perfect. Number one, of course, for Victoria is every 14-year-old. It's going to really suck if someone just turned 14 the next day or, or 15 the next day or, or that day. But that was a nice touch. No, it's a, it's a, I've heard of a few people uh, comment on that about how good and strategic that will be for them, or it can be for them. Now, the league's at seven teams now. It is. Will the eighth team be Ottawa? It's supposed to be. It yeah. has to be. I think we'll not get that till the end of the USL season because yeah. they do keep referring to the fact yeah. that Ottawa is a USL team. There's no yeah. the, the the on the on the CPL website the uh, the countdown thing didn't then go to the next club will be announced. Yeah, I think it went for, to the, for waiting to see what was. Going I think to happen it went to like that. I think there's I think there's a different counter for like the season starts in April and there's mm, 255 yeah. days or whatever. But I mean Ottawa's got other issues. I mean they're we'll talk about it later. But uh, is there? Stadium still on fire, or like what's <laughs> they got other yeah. issues to do with? The next job is building on this coast to coast aspect that David Clanahan emphasized when, when he introduced it. The thing on Friday, they're going to be announcing the, the shirt supplier, it's going to be a league wide shirt yep. supplier. There'll be a TV deal announced, probably an airline partner. Who do you think this, the shirt supplier will be? I'm th- hoping it might be Puma. Ooh, that'd be nice. Who do you think, Steve? I like Puma, yeah. Okay. Um, I'd be surprised with Umbro though. As no, well. no. On a, on a, I don't know if you, when because we're going to talk to David Clanahan in a bit. Oh my god, that was close. He mentioned on another interview that like with the travel and everything, that teams will probably they're going to have to become creative where teams play twice in a oh, week, yeah. or something like that when they travel to the west or they travel to the east. So hey, that is a possibility. We're letting Steve listen to other interviews again. Uh, you got to do research and see what the, they're saying on other stuff. Exactly, yeah. it's good to do your research. But I did get a chance to speak briefly to David Clanahan. Wanted to speak more. Again, it was very noisy, so hopefully you'll hear it. But some very interesting nuggets come out of my chat with him. So let's hear now from the, the CPL commissioner. And I wear it for my lady, the Canadian flag, baby! So, David, here at the, the launch of Pacific FC, the, the whole coast-to-coast thing is now a reality for you. Obviously, the hard work starts now because you've, you've maybe still got an eighth team to add and then you've got the whole season to build for. What, what's the next thing in, in the busy schedule for you? Well, the, big, the next thing as we as we kind of knock down the pins, so to speak, is now we're announcing all the coaches. And it's very important to me that, you know, the business people have to take a back seat at one point here, right? We're getting through. We get all the glitz and glamour up front. But now the hard work starts because announcing the coaches, they've got to have good bio, they've got to have a good bio, good pedigree. They, you know, they have to be respected within the soccer community, the football community in Canada. And then from there, it's all about players and how are we gonna how are we gonna man out these teams, so to speak, right? And so that'll be our big focus over the next three four months. But our, our the owners, the clubs, uh, the CPL office, they've got some great plans in the works for how we're gonna do that. And this is all about taking all of Canada. But also the local communities where the clubs are gonna are gonna reside, taking those those supporters on the journey with us as we build out this league. And it's exciting times like this. You know, these are, I joke with all of my friends. I worked for 37 years in Tim Hortons to learn about business, so I can actually I could do what I'm really passionate about and run a sports league that happens to be football at the end of it all. That's fantastic. I mean, I, I read the article in the Hamilton Spectator, and we, we spoke to Paul Burton on our show as well, 
and we've talked about like a university draft before. Yeah. Obviously, U Sports is the thing, but um, in Vancouver we have SFU. A number of those guys played with TSS Rovers the last two years. Where, where do those players sit in your scheme of things? Can they enter the draft? Is that is that your plan? Yeah. So what we'll do? So it's very good. Good, good, good question. So what we've done is we've designed a multi-tiered plan to make sure that we don't like we don't leave any stone unturned, right? And so what we want to be able to do is take players that are known players that are carded players. We want to understand whether, whether they want to be involved, where they're coming from, because we're getting people from overseas saying, okay, I think it's time for me to come home. I want to play, right? That's interesting. Secondly, it's that next level that are peeking through, right? That are starting to say, hey, I should be there, but maybe there's not enough room for them in some of the bigger teams like the MLS teams right now, either in Canada or in the U.S., right? So that's another level. Then there's actually the local hometown heroes. And then we've also got the, the U Sports, so it's university and college people that are there. So all of those things, if you notice, I use those four buckets first because that all involves a lot of Canadians. And this all goes back to more than 50% of the roster we've agreed has to be Canadians. And more than 50% of the players in the field have to be Canadians. Those are two very important things to our, our ownership and to the CPL as well. We believe one of the things that one of the tenets that we built the league on was not just for Canadians by Canadians, but we want to help be a piece of the development of, of young players for the John Herdmans of the world to take the Canadian men's team to the next level. We're a piece of it, but a very but I think we will be an important piece of it going forward. Because as we like to say, everything that is good for football or soccer in Canada is good for us, and everything we do will be good for football in Canada as well. Well, I mean, talking about that, in, in Vancouver, obviously, we have the Whitecaps, and they've got the residency program. They've just signed a couple of their young residency guys, but they never get any playing time. Has there been any official talks with the Whitecaps and the other MLS teams about officially loaning their players to the league? So I think what, what we've we've had some interesting initial discussions. More, hey, how are you? It's very very collegial. In, in the way that we've spoken. The reality is they're so busy working on their business. They're in the middle of seasons. They're in the middle of the Canadian Championships. We've got our nose to the grindstone here because, you know, I said to Bob Leonard Uzu, who's here today, I said to Bob, I said, Bob, we've been so focused on keeping one foot in front of the other, not tripping over the other, that we've not done that. The time will come in the next month or two where we can sit down and start talking about those things. But fully believe, look, at, we're all in this together. It's all, they play in the American. American League. We're creating a Canadian League. There's lots of room. Bob said that to me himself, and I, I completely believe in it too. I even look at places like, like Vancouver. There's room for more than one team. How many teams are in London, England? Exactly. How many teams play in Glasgow, Scotland? Well, there's like, four and five, and we're a really small region. Exactly, and I, and I think I always use the story of Burnley in EPL. I mean, probably the biggest league in the world, and there's a, there's a team that has 50,000 people that live in their town, and they get 26 or 27,000 fans sold out for every single game. It all depends on the community and how much they embrace and how good the product is, right? And then you fall in love with your club and you're not missing it. End of story. The last thing, I, I read as well in that article, you mentioned uh, there's like interest from 16 different communities. Now, obviously, you don't want to, to run before you can walk, but how keen or what is the timetable do you see in your mind for expansion? I know Rob was involved with the Fraser Valley bed. Yep. We spoke to him a lot and it, it didn't work out. And you talked about how like getting politicians at work with you. Yep. 
seeing the success of it, how, how soon do you want to expand? Do you see more additions in 2020? So in 2020, I fully expect to have at least two expansion clubs in 2020, maybe as many as four. My original, we talked about a goal of by 2022 being up to 16 teams. I actually think by the time we get to 2026, because that's obviously a big time for us, right? By the time we get to 2026, I think there's an opportunity here to be in a first and a second division with, with promotion and relegation. That's my big goal. I want to get there because that brings another element to this game that nothing ever, no other sport can, can, can really replicate that, right? We've all seen it, right? Yeah, one club does really well like Manchester City in the EPL this year. And, and so, yeah, you think the you know the the the, the hot would well would kind of cool off, right? But the interest was just as high because who? What about those bottom three clubs? Who's on the bubble? Who's coming up? That's all. That just is a whole dynamic to the game, and I think it'll work very well here. And there's a bit of a David and Goliath thing that happens as well, right? So no, I think so. Big goal, big goal is look. How about we get to 26 clubs by 20, 2026, and we're already in two divisions. That would be perfect. That would be. Thank you so much. Really looking forward to seeing what the league does. Thank Pleasure to talk to you. Thank you. Thank you so much. David Clanahan there, the CPL commissioner. You guys were mad at each other. <laughs> it was very hard to hear. I right? was just yelling back and forward. But some interesting stuff there, talking about the, the squad makeup and the coaches. There was an interesting article in the Hamilton Spectator yeah. about the four player pools, which David mentioned there as well. My concern was it was talking about a U Sport draft, and it didn't mention anywhere about these NCAA guys yeah, so at, at SFU. So, I mean, that, I, they're important. Yeah. A no lot of them, stone left unturned. No, and a lot of them are going to want to to probably finish their, their college careers anyway. Interesting stuff about expansion. The dream. And he did stress that this is like the ultimate goal and his ultimate dream, so don't get too carried away. 26 clubs by 2026, two divisions, first and second, promotion relegation. So you're saying 13 in each or something? Yeah. Or 14 and 12? Could or be 14 something. and 12. Yeah, yeah. Also... I, I don't... Uh, uh, just from a like, I think they're the top division needs to have sixteen. Yeah, I agree with that. The top, so so ten teams in the bo- second division is not that bad. I don't think. No, is you, it? sixteen would give you a thirty game season. Yeah. yeah. Also, he's expecting at least two expansion teams in twenty twenty, maybe four. Hopefully, fingers crossed, one of them will be a lower mainland team. I'd still rather see it in Burnaby than than the Valley. But that is because I stay 10 minutes away from Swan Guard, yeah. so I'm, I'm slightly biased. Uh, yeah. But they have a stadium. They do. Getting it, the dates, is a tricky And expanding the seating, but, too. Yeah, but that, that, the seating's the easy part, I well, feel. I mean, that, that, that's, that's not too hard at all. But, I mean, just, but, but what about the track? I, you can get around that. Just by running. <laughs> Final thoughts on how the launch went and just what what the league really needs to do now to, to get people on board. Because the folks that we mingle with, folk on our Twitter timelines, these are not the guys that you need to sell this yeah. league to. They're into it. 
it's the general public now that has to be convinced that this is worth going out to watch, putting an investment in, getting their season tickets. I hope it's a success. But the, the initial launch, if the people that are close to the club or or the, the you know the hardcore supporter, if they're excited about it, that will spread the excitement to the other people. Yeah, eventually, and, and I'm it, excited. It just has to work, and they they just need to like get the uh, information out to those people that are casual to show them that th- this is something worth. Once watching. you start signing players and you see the quality of the squads, I think that's going to be key. If they can attract some of the guys back from Europe as well, that's a good marketing tool from them. They're having to have six Canadians on the field at a time is going to be interesting. That is going to affect the quality. I, I genuinely believe, but, but 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 that's but that's okay. Like that's the thing. Like, I that, one of the reasons I didn't like the choice of the name Premier League for for the league itself. Yeah, was I I I, I just well when it ties it to England. Uh, which is fine in one sense, but but uh, is that this is this is a long term project, like this is a, a long term endeavor. This is not as much as some of this, these things might happen. They might snowball really quickly at the beginning here with expansion and you know moving towards the World Cup in twenty twenty six. This has to be a long term play. You you're not going to turn around the, the the fortune the Canada's football fortunes over overnight, and so this. This league, with having six Canadians on the field at a time, is going to do what the well Vancouver hasn't done. Toronto has done it a little bit better recently. Um, but you need you need players to play. Yeah, like play like the Canadian players need to play. Well, hopefully, some of the Whitecaps guys were. Bobby was there at the launch on Friday, so we'll see what happens in the next few months. It's going to be exciting. We've got some interesting chats we're going to have over the next couple of weeks as well. But we'll be back with some more chat after this. I'm David Edgar, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Welcome back to Hour 6 of the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio. We've overrun again. Makes me hungry. What else is new? Yeah, makes Steve hungry and have hunger pains. Yes. But you know what would fill that hole, Steve? A chocolate digestive. You're sitting at home at night, Jake. You decide to have a hot beverage of choice. Do you go for a tea or a coffee? Doesn't even need to be at night, just in general. Uh, we'll do tea. And what kind of tea would you go for? Herbal tea. Any kind or...? You eucalyptus. Oh, oh. yeah. Fancy. Classy. Yeah, very classy. <laughs> so, like, are you a biscuit fan? Cookie, I guess you guys yeah, call it. Um, yeah. What, what's your favourite kind of cookie or biscuit? Uh, chocolate chip. And are you a dunker? No, oh. no, I don't care. Okay. But it needs to be warm. It needs to be like gooey, you know, inside. You know, kind of almost like half, half cooked. <laughs> That's great. Thanks so much, Jake. Yeah. Cheers, man. Anyone fancy a chocolate digestive? Anyone fancy a chocolate digestive? Jake Norwinski there, liking a gooey cookie, but not a chocolate digestive. Haven't done one of those for a while. Need to get some more light in the mood at Whitecaps training. They're down at the moment. Ask them about cookies and biscuits. Yeah. Well, there might be a lot of turnover, so we might have some new yeah, players to ask the questions. I've lots of new guys to ask. A lot, a lot is probably not the right term, but... No. We, we can dream. Anyway, it's time now for BC Soccer Web Headlines. 
BC Soccer Web Headlines is brought to you in partnership with bcsoccerweb.com, your one-stop site for news, links and a lot more, local, national and international. Make it part of your daily routine, check out bcsoccerweb.com. And what's been catching your eye in the site this week, Steve? Uh, a little bit here and there. Um, first of all, let's talk about a little bit about going back to the World Cup that just happened. Obviously, everybody's going through withdrawals. Um, they uh, revealed the prize money that is going to each nation. Um, $400 million in total prize money for this World Cup, a $42 million increase from the last one in Brazil. Um, it ranged from $8 million for people uh, teams that got knocked out of the group stage. Um, oh, like Germany? Yes. Hmm. And then uh, th- uh, $38 million, uh goes to France, who won the World Cup in total. A couple of coaches that are are stepping down. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, Argentinian. Greyhound. Uh, they're not doing buses anymore. Oh, <laughs> Jorge Sampoli. Uh, uh, Argentina has mutually agreed to terminate uh, contract, as well as the Icelandic coach. Um, he steps down after seven years at the helm. Uh, Hal Grimson was the co-coach with Lars Lagerback of Sweden at the European Championship yep. when they made it to the quarter quarterfinal, I think it was. Um, and he, obviously, as normal with most of these Icelandic players, he was a part-time dentist. <laughs> so a couple coaches going down there. Can we talk about? I would want a part-time dentist. I would want a fully committed <laughs> dentist. <laughs> um. Uh, do you, uh, can we talk one more thing? World Cup that's not on your list. Sure. So uh, can we talk about Mesut Ozil? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So Mesut this, this came obviously after. Yeah. So this this will this will be on BC Hawks Talker headlines this week. Probably. We didn't. I didn't talk about this. I don't think in our preview stuff of the World Cup. One of the things that was going on with the German squad happened before the World Cup. So Mesut Ozil, Mesut Ozil and uh, Ilkay Gundogan, who are Turkish or of Turkish descent or whatever, they met with they met with the 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 president or whatever of Turkey, and did this kind of photo shoot that they well one of uh, Gundogan I think said oh I thought this was private private, and where they basically I forget the the word I was talking to someone actually from Munich today, uh, the word they use is kind of like we worship you our pre- you are our president we worship you kind of thing like we adore you you are our president, and obviously this made the German public very angry with both of them. That they would do that. Like, if you, you to put it in context here now, right? It would be like if Canada was going to the World Cup, and uh, I don't know, let's say, let's say Atiba Hutchison and Alfonso Davies went and had a meeting with Trump because they were, you know, they were American or had American roots or whatever, and they're like, you know, we worship you, Donald Trump, and then they come back to the Canadian squad and go to the World Cup with Canada, right? Like, some people would obviously not be happy about that. So in Germany, people were really not happy about that. And there's a there's a bigger context and a bigger history to Turks' migration into Germany and and uh, their role in society and all this kind of stuff. Anyway, like people were calling for them not to be in the squad, even kind of thing. And so Mesut Ozil didn't say any didn't say anything. Gundogan came out and said, "Oh, like I you know I didn't realize this was going to be a, a big issue," and he sort of apologized and sort of said like kind of said, "Oh, I just thought this was a private thing," which. I don't know why anyone would think anything's a private thing when someone's taking pictures and stuff and whatever. So what's happened now? Well, what happened at the World Cup is Mesut Ozil was shockingly bad, like really bad. Um, Gundogan didn't play that that much. He's put out a statement now saying, I'm I'm not going to play for Germany anymore because 
they're they've been ra- racist toward me. Some of the people within the DFB and some you know obviously he, social he, media too he, probably. He quote yeah well he he's in the statement he says I'm not even going to talk about the social media stuff, but he does talk about a fan in the stadium who you know um, made some comments about him being Turkish and not saying nice things about that. I mean, in the stadium with with fans, that's whatever. But the things he's saying about a couple guys at the DFB, I mean, if they're true, they're they're ter- they're terrible things. The one thing that's disappointment in his statement is he doesn't he doesn't uh, in any way say, "Hey, I, maybe it wasn't wise for me to go and take this mm-hmm. do this photo shoot." Because in Turkey too, like the the Turkish president, from what I understand, it's like he's not a dictator, but it's kind of like yeah, because they had the uprising that was squashed yeah, and yeah. yeah. So, so Ozil didn't say like, "Oh, maybe it wasn't a good idea for me to do this," and I, you know, I could see how it caused problems. And he didn't, he didn't say, he didn't say, "I was, I was poor at the World Cup," or "I was poor because I was dealing with all the people harassing me about this and whatever." He just said these kind of. I think there was three people he mentioned were kind of racist towards me and treated me poorly, and so I don't want to play for for Germany again. So, I mean, if if these people said these things to him, then obviously they're 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 incredibly offside. If you read the full statement. But at the same time, I was a little disappointed that he didn't own up to his own actions in doing something that obviously he he knew would cause a problem for people, right? Like, it, it, it's kind of disappointing. Yeah, it's, a, it's it's sad for for this cha- this chapter of his career to end in in this way. If it, this is how it's going to end, and we'll see if there's more fallout. We'll see if the DFB, at least some of the guys who are mentioned by name in the in the in his statement if they'll comment or they'll own up or they'll you know whatever what's going to happen there but hopefully there'll be more in this in the future okay so next uh, we got uh, we talked about those other two coaches that are um, um, basically out um, another one that uh, was fired at 55 days after leading Chelsea to the FA Cup final uh, Conte um, is now apparently will be suing or looking into suing Chelsea because they let him go. There's such a delay in letting him go. Um, he will receive nine million pounds in compensation for the final year of his contract, but it has delayed him getting a contract somewhere else. So that's why he feels. But nine, I don't know if he was going to get that salary somewhere else. He's going to have to prove it. I don't think this lawsuit probably will go well. But he, yeah, he's got the nine million. They did kind of, but they held out on him because they were trying to get the, the Naples coach, the Napoli coach, right? Yeah. And there was issues with that because uh, I think. So I, yeah. I, I I honestly don't think he'll. This will really happen. Um, getting into news from North America, USL surpasses 1.5 million attendance for season. They reached the mark five weeks earlier than last year. Um, obviously that helped with no WFC two attendance uh, worrying. Well, when you have Omar Salgado scoring goals, I mean, yeah. come on. Um, and then uh, it's a rise of 14 percent, like we said, as averaging 5,000 per game. Um. In MLS, in Miami, uh, we talked about it last week. Council has voted 3-2 to two to allow the vote to be on the November referendum for that uh, new stadium. Um, they look like they're going to be hiring a Atlanta United VP of Soccer Operations guy to be their next GM. Now, one thing that was interesting in this article was combined in the U.S., Miami was actually the number one market for uh, ratings uh, for the World Cup amongst Telemundo and Fox. So I, I was actually surprised by that, but will those actually people show up for Miami games? So that's the interesting. That's the question, right? Yeah, because yeah. Miami uh, does not have a good reputation for attending sports teams, um, although Atlanta had that reputation too, and they kind of surpassed that. Going into news in Canada for the World Cup, we're talking about the World Cup. Twenty-five point eight million Canadians uh, 
like made the World Cup uh, uh, watching a, a priority. Obviously, seventy two percent of Canadians tuned into the FIFA World Cup over the whole tournament, um, and they attracted an average audience of four million viewers on the networks and seven three seven point three million streams throughout the tournament as well. Which was interesting. The first time they actually had. Them. I I may have uh, streamed a bunch on TSN for. That. Yeah, I did too. Actually, yeah. quite a few. Um, TSN TSN Go was a great thing. Now, I, as we talked about in the World Cup, not very much not much violence there. However, in the Canadian Championship, <laughs> it's not. Uh, it was week, not violence. Well, it was burning of stuff. It was football hooliganism. Yeah, there you sure. Go. That's a better. So okay, maybe okay. No hooliganism mm-hmm. in the World Cup in Russia. There was some in the Canadian Championship. TFC has TF, yeah, TFC has an independent, indefinitely suspended the supporter group's privileges and announced plans yeah. for a review for the program after oh. fires were uh, briefly burned. I don't know how briefly it was in the stands during a Canadian Championship game, and there apparently there was a bomb that went off too. But so I'm assuming that was, was a firework. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So what happened is the Toronto, the Toronto, your friends, people allegedly. Well, I, I do. There was people I know in the Toronto section. Yes, so but taking the builder bonfire chant to new <laughs> extremes. Yeah. Okay, so first off, they lit off flares, which obviously would be an issue for the stadium people. Uh, but then the pro- the next problem was they threw one of them onto the turf pitch in in, yeah. uh, in I don't know I don't know a stadium, and then as uh, security. Recognize it really quickly. The security ran and grabbed it off the pitch. As he's running off the pitch. Not BC play security. Not, <laughs> sorry, I should laugh at that, but that's. Yeah, you don't pretty, recognize anything yeah. very quickly. So so um, as he's running off the pitch, yeah, there was some. So I don't know what it was for sure. Uh, but there was some type of device that it wasn't just loud and it wasn't just created, uh, you know, the big cloud of smoke. But from people who were there told me it really like shook. And so one issue. So, yeah. Okay. I understand why people are upset that some of these things should not be happening. No, no problem. Whatever. The, you know, uh, I, I personally like smoke and, and, and flares. And I think, I yeah, think you I have think, to do it responsibly. Exactly. Like exactly. That, what the Swan Guardians do at TSS. Right. So. Um, Although g- giving your flares to the goalkeeper. Not as responsible. Well, yeah, when he ruins it, the whole team. That's kit. the other story. But so uh, I don't know if it was the explosion or one of the flares then caught one of their uh, banners in front of them on fire. Yeah, which is another problem. First time problem. TFC's been on fire all year. Yeah. So okay, so a couple of things aside from the obvious. Hey, maybe this wasn't the greatest idea or whatever. Like for me, everyone's going to look at the supporters and be disappointed and angry with them or whatever, and that's fine. Oh, there's a couple of things here though that I think need to be a, need to be talked about as well. Why? Because I was and I've been told I haven't been able to verify this, but I was told that the section next to the away supporters was a family section. Yes. What like what is wrong with people in Canadian and North American football? Well, they do it the Whitecaps you, too. There's a family section right below them. There was maybe now it's, I think it's they not, moved it over. They yeah, probably were right. Yeah. Actually, they, this year they moved it. Why? Over. Why would you put a family section next to away supporters? It's it's it shows I that you did that in Colorado as well. It shows you do not understand uh, the sport of football and and kind of what it looks like around the world, right? Because it, it seems it, it seems extremely ignorant to do that. Two, the other thing that I have a real problem, a real frustration with uh, on, when it comes to all this is that the statement that you just read, Steve, 
So I understand this Toronto SC is making the statement because they need to seem responsible and the, the risk and liability and all this stuff, right? This is why they're doing this, right? They want to show that they're acting and all that kind of stuff. The problem I have in the thing you just read is when they refer to their 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 supporter program. Like this is just a small part of, of who they are and what they do and whatever. When like without supporters of all shapes and and varieties like we talked about in the past, all sizes. All, sizes. <laughs> All well, yeah, pop into your hunger streak, <laughs> um, the, the football would not exist, right? The support the so supporter supporter relations is not a program within your club. Your club exists because of supporters, and I, I was just a little. Uh, but you can't go around behaving like an absolute no, sure no. You have to be responsible, and they weren't. The problem was no one admitted it. No one stood up and said, "Okay, mea culpa." Things got out of hand. Okay. We made a mistake. So you're, until someone does, they're quite right to do a blanket ban. Oh yeah, no, I'm not saying it's a problem. I'm not saying a problem with the. He, he has, a, he has a problem with the program. Part. They're oh, saying they're saying our it. our support our supporter our recognized supporters is a program that like we run. It's kind of right, it's okay. kind of how it comes across to me. But 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 Michael, so you you think that you expect the supporters to come out and say, yeah, we did it, or this guy did it, or whatever, yeah. when the, the these football. Clubs, these organizations don't do the exact same thing. There's not the same transparency when they screw up, when they make mistakes. I don't right? think they've set fire to no, another team. If they've set fire, then you got a point. I don't think they've committed arson. Right. right. Committed arson to the roster. I mean, you could, you could accuse the Whitecaps from an office of arson about with some of their transfers, but there's been no arson. No. So, but you, but you have seen, Burning right? up the cap. In, in the same way, in the same way, in the same way that Toronto FC has come out and said, we're, do, we're doing something about this. The, su- the supporter, okay, so the supporters who everyone is pointing to in this is Inebriati. And Inebriati, I, Inebriati has put out a statement where they said, we don't, con- like, we don't condone said this. alleged explosion, which they then changed to explosion. Sure. So they made a correction. Is that? Is that well, they, again, they weren't owning up to anything. It's like, oh, folk are saying there was an alleged explosion. No, we saw video yeah. of yeah. an explosion. <laughs> so they corrected their error, right? You just said you, so what, like, they've said, we don't condone this. This is not who we, you know. But it's not their first offence. Uh, it's their first offence of maybe setting fire to something, <laughs> but it's certainly not their first offence travelling to follow the team. And using flares, yeah. Ripping but, out chairs. But, that, but that's... Seats. Oh, that, that was the Montreal? Well, I, I, I don't know if it was them, but I know TFC supporters have done that. Yeah. And throwing the seats at... The people on the ground, right? But so that, that's part of the, not part of that. Like that's what comes a little bit when you have ultras support your club, right? Like that's. I'm not saying again. I'm not. I'm not condoning any of this. I'm just saying this is what this is what this is what this is what well, this is what uh, this is the way in which they'll want to support. This is the bed you made. So, anyways, anyways. So I'm not saying yeah, it was great that they did what they did with some of these things that they did, but. Um, I think I think it has to be looked at both sides. So whoever said it was a good idea to put families next to the away supporter, that decision needs to be evaluated. Whoever thinks that uh, they control the supporters and the supporters are only there to serve them, they don't understand what a football club is all about. And to- totally get that, but you have to behave within the law. Yeah, yeah and 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 I know someone who was there with the police all night, 
where they're measuring and, t- and checking and trying to figure out what happened and whatever. And and stuff's going to ha- like this is uh, with all the cameras and all the whatever. Whoever whoever did this will probably uh, have to suffer the consequences for that, right? Like it's not it's I don't. This is not a oh someone's getting off. You know the oh the 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 support the support group or supporters groups haven't named who it was. Therefore, the person is what someone's going to go free or whatever, right? Like, yeah, this this will get the the whole other people from other groups seem to know who it was, and I have I would have no problem grassing them up mm. if I knew. Okay, so um, let's go to the last uh, uh, thing for headlines. Um, we talked about obviously TFC. There's another team in Ontario that possibly, and we talked about expansion in the next few years. Mm. There's another team that could come up, and this might be the story that uh, breaks this. Um, grassroots Soccer Group wins support for Mississauga Stadium. The council unanimously approved a motion to conduct a feasibility study to determine the logistics and funding of a multi-use stadium in Mississauga. They've already got their supporters group. Yes, yeah, and very, I think they're the ones active online. They're essentially the grassroots yeah. support. Um, now, the, uh, we have a quote from uh, David Clanahan. Um, we think Mississauga is one of the better cities in Canada for soccer, and we have at least two owners who have asked about asked us about putting a team in the city. So they already have ownership ready to go. Yeah. So the this is this Saga City Saga City Collective is a supporter group. Rob Ditta is a guy who's heavily involved with this. Um, this is this is where uh, this would be. This would be Rudy Schiller's home club. Michael, you know, you know Rudy. Um, yeah, this is really really exciting, and this shows uh, the 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 power of of the people, right? Like if you if you can uh, if you can share the story of what it can what it can mean to be a part of the CPL yeah. and what football can mean for your community and having a football club for your community great things can happen. And this is what other people around the country are trying to do in terms of bringing CPL to their communities. Anyway, that is it. Thanks for listening to this week's show. Sorry we overran again. Hope you've made it to the end. Before we go, let everyone know where they can find you online. Why do you apologize for going (laughs) You You can find me on Twitter at WhiteCapSpeed. For me, it's at Zachary I'm a part of the Movement Curva Collective. You can probably find me in bed. I'm Michael McCall. (laughs) You can follow us on Twitter at AFTN Canada, on Instagram at AFTN Soccer. Read all our stuff on Away From The Numbers, AFTN.ca. And we'll be back next week, probably talking about the finalised Alfonso Davies deal, the Whitecaps season ending before July's even out, and a lot more besides. So until then, thanks for listening, take care, and mon the caps! Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life.